listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Damn. I can't see fucking shit out of this thing. We ready or what? Oh, uh, hold on. I'm fucking with my whole... Oh. Oh, shit. Uh, I just made it worse. Who made this? Goddamn shit! Willard's wife. You make your own goddamn match. Look, nobody's saying they don't appreciate what Jenny did. Well, if all I had to do was cut a hole in a bag, I could have cut it better than this. What about yeah. you, Robert? Can you see? Not too good. I mean, if I don't move my head, I can see you pretty good, more or less. But when I start riding, the bag's moving all over, and I, I'm riding blind. Yeah. I just made mine worse. Anybody bring any extra bags? No, nobody brought an extra bag. I'm just asking. Do we have to wear them when we ride? Oh, well, shit fire. If you don't wear them as you ride up, that just defeats the purpose. Well, I can't see in this fucking thing. I can't breathe in this fucking thing, and I can't ride in this fucking thing. Well, fuck all y'all. I'm going home. Now, I watched my wife work all day getting 30 bags together for you ungrateful sons of bitches. And all I can hear is criticize, criticize, criticize. From now on, don't ask me your mind for nothing. Am I wrong? Cause I wanna get it on till I die. Am I wrong? Cause I wanna get it on till I die. Get it on till I die. Get it on till I die. Y'all, y'all remember me? The way you died. Am I wrong? Cause I wanna get it on till I die. Am I wrong? Cause I wanna get it on till I die. Get it on till I die. Get it on till I die. Y'all, y'all remember me? Welcome everybody, welcome in to the One Take Podcast, episode 82 this week. We are doing uh, Django Unchained, otherwise known as uh, Baby's First Cinema for Royden Ogletree. This, <laughs> and and the, second, the second time we've ever, we bullied Dex into watching a, into watching a Tarantino movie. We're joined by Marcus Brenny, he's joining us for the first time. When, what was the last second movie? Time. No, yeah, second time. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. What was the last movie you were on with us? Uh, the Angelina Jolie fire. Oh, the bad one. Yeah, we get to do a good movie this time. <laughs> yeah, that movie stunk. Like, what is that shit even called? I can't think. Those of who it. wish me dead. Those, Those who wish me dead. Fuck that movie. That movie stinks. Oh, that movie was bad, man. HBO Max. <laughs> Low key has released a ton of stinkers on that free on that free shit. That mm, that was bad. Anyway, uh, thank you for those watching us on YouTube. On Twitch, the like. We are actually doing a good movie this time. Marcus, how you doing? Thanks for joining us again. Good, man. Good. I was just saying before that I I got a chance to watch the movie today, and it's it's up there on my list of all time Quentin Tarantino movies. It is it is incredible. It it really it's interesting. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much because I love. <laughs> I love this movie. Don't get me wrong, but watching it again today, something is different about it that hasn't. I can't wait it, to talk about this. it. Just it just it's different. It's just different, and maybe it's because of what we know about Tarantino now, or like you know, his. It just. Eh, I will just, tell you this: that I tough. after after living through the last four years of Trumpism and understanding that like, you know, racism exists. We're in America seeing like such like over the top punch you in the face racism like that. I was like, Oh, this is like, 
a Tuesday now. This <laughs> is like a Tuesday. That's what it this is. is. This is so like out of the realm of possibility. This is it's actually, like no longer it's no longer I, shock yeah. value for you. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, the shock value is definitely there in 2012. We were in a different place. Daughtry, Texas looks a lot like, you know, these speed traps on the way to Waco. <laughs> mm. Yikes. Uh, how's everybody else doing? Uh, T.E., do you love this film? I'm good. Uh, and Monique told me to tell you hi. I saw her earlier and she said, oh, y'all doing Django? Love Django. And also hi to the pod. So Monique says hi. Hi, Monique. I, if we if if Dex hates this movie, we don't own it. So don't just <laughs> don't tweet it. Don't the judge us. Don't judge us if Dex shits on this film. Don't judge us, please. Okay, I don't hate this movie, but Good. we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, let's just get into it. Uh, Django Unchained. Uh, the, most of you have seen it. This movie was a hit. If I can find where we're actually okay, Django Unchained came out nearly a decade ago. That is nuts. 2012 this movie we were talking about it in the group text long as shit this movie is long <laughs> yeah un unreal i didn't even Should've know it longer I, I had another three no. hours in me no Should've... no i had another three hours they, in me. he put everything in this movie man i it, it he it's his longest film that he's ever shot it took him like 100 days to film which is tarantino's longest ever film schedule. so and it might be his biggest movie actually to date. Um, two hours, 45 minutes has an 8.4 on IMDb. With the help of a German-born bounty hunter, a freed slave sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal plantation owner in Mississippi. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, his follow-up to Inglorious Bastards. Stars Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, uh, Kerry Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, Walton Goggins, and just a, a way too convincing racist in leonardo dicaprio <laughs> yes leo put up numbers it's undeniable he really did he really oh. did <laughs> i mean just oh also the dude from miami vice don johnson is in here as well as jonah hill for like three seconds don johnson is also great in this film it, phenomenal d- Jonah Hill being in this just because he wanted to work with Tarantino after he's like been nominated for Oscars and stuff is wild. He's in this for <laughs> two minutes. I mean, he's on set for a couple hours and then like, boom, he's in this set. And he's not even the one giving us the laughs. It's more of the yeah. scene itself is funny, but he's not necessarily that funny. But I'm this glad. character it's doesn't even have a him. name. Yeah. <laughs> bad guy number two. <laughs> it's literally in the, as Jonah Hill as bad guy number two. Um <laughs> $100 million budget. It was a pretty good hit. Worldwide gross $426 million uh, for a hard R. Very hard uh, R. It's, More uh, ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot all of right. hard R's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, this is going to be well, a well, tough, tough review. Well, all right. Has well, 87% on... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 91% audience score, bold, bloody, and stylistically daring. Django Unchained is another incendiary masterpiece from Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I should note this won a couple Academy Awards, I think. Or did it only win one? I think, uh, it, I think- it, it won two. I think it won one for Christoph Waltz for his second uh, best performance by a supporting actor in a row off of Inglorious Bastards. 
And then Best Writing Original Screenplay for Quentin Tarantino was also nominated for Best Picture, Motion Picture of the Year, Best Achievement in Cinematography, which surprised it didn't win, but this might have been the same year as like the social. No, this wasn't that year. Anyway, Best Achievement in Sound Editing as well. Um, this was the year, this is kind of a weaker year for the Oscars. Argo was the winner. Oh, yeah. uh, Zero Dark Thirty is a good movie. Silver Linings Playbook. Beast of the Southern Wild, Lincoln, Les Miserables, which we, eh, Life of Pi. It, yeah. Mm. You yeah. know. Yeah. Here's a spoiler alert. None of those films are better than Django. We won't be talking <laughs> about any of those films as long as we've been talking about Django. I like Argo, but yes, you're right. Um, and Zero Dark Thirty. I'll, anyway, Christoph Waltz probably deserved to win, although Philip Seymour Hoffman was nominated for The Master for this as well oh shit and, Phil Simmer Hopper is great in the master and Alan Arkin in Argo who was awesome but, but I maintain while we're talking about awards I maintain Leo wasn't even nominated Crazy. I maintain he acted circles around people in this movie he did. and that he should have won or even been nominated instead of Christoph Waltz but this is like an all-time run of awards for Christoph Waltz in these Tarantino movies he wins for Inglorious Bastards which might be the best supporting performance of all time in any movie regardless um for hans landa and then and then you know it's like the it's like the the leo and um oh why the am leo i on brad pitt you're talking about brad pitt no i'm talking i'm why am i talking about who did the departed why am i forgetting scorsese. Oh, yeah why uh, scorsese. scorsese yeah it's like leo and scorsese it's like once you team once waltz and 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 uh, Quentin Tar Tarantino, sorry, it's late for me. Uh, team, team up, magic happens, and they got to nominate him. But this is the longest performance by anyone. Christoph Waltz is in 98% of this movie. So it's the longest performance by anyone ever to be nominated and win that award. Oh, I wow. maintain, yeah, I maintain that it should have gone to um, Leo. Leo, yeah. And Jamie Foxx wasn't nominated, which... We'll talk about his performance. Yeah, we'll talk we about gonna, his performance. We're gonna talk about Jamie Foxx today. Uh, yeah. So, Marcus, let's go ahead. Sorry, I've talked at length, and we probably ruined a little bit of the review. But go ahead, man. Yeah, no worries. Uh, this is one of my top Quentin Tarantino movies. I, I was saying before we started that I really need to do a list of uh, what my top five cemented is. Um, the I was blown away by the Leo performance because it is. Like, from, from Jump, a lot of the performances in this movie are really good, of course. But the Leo performance from Jump, you're just like, holy fuck. And then the Samuel Jackson performance is also, like, God tier. Yeah. And I just, I remember watching this movie, and this movie doesn't make me laugh out loud as much as, as Inglorious Bastards did. Because Inglorious is one of those movies where, like, legit portions of the movie I had to rewatch because I was laughing through so much of it. But it, I just, it's so enjoyable. And even, you know, even though it's like one of Quentin's like over the top bloody movies, and of course the language with, with saying the N-word multiple times, um, it's still a fun ride every time. Christoph is amazing in it too. Oh my and God. Side just, note, it has to be the most times that word is said in any movie, right? Like it has to be a record. I would have to be up there. Uh, what are, you got to think about American History X, which I think is that's the most N words <laughs> I've ever heard prior to seeing this film. I don't know which one wins, but there's a lot of N words in both those films. 
yeah, like like the Wolf of Wall Street set the set the amount of times fuck was said. Like this has to be for that. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Mark, also, yeah. uh, running scared had the record of uh, saying fuck previously. They said fuck like three hundred times in that movie, and it, it's like right under ninety minutes long. That's all Paul Walker said was fuck the whole time. <laughs> we, have to do, we have to do this film on this podcast anyway. Oh man. But yeah, it's 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 a stellar movie. I really enjoyed it. Um I'm glad Will Smith that we will talk about later wasn't Django because he would have totally fucked this movie up a hundred different ways. Mm. Like without question, <laughs> I cannot I cannot state it enough how much you would fuck this movie up. But all things considered, Quentin Tarantino, and like I like I was saying, it's like you watch this movie and you see the groundwork for like the next seven or so years of what he directs, and you see it all here. Like it's all there, just in front of you. That's later perfected in other things, and you know, like you don't get you don't get Leo in Once Upon a Time without him being this candy part. Oh, what's your letter grade? Oh, absolute A. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, we're going to do best almost castings uh, in the history of Hollywood as our draft. Uh, Will Smith was it was supposed to be this role. He, he, he turned it down, I believe. Uh, he turned it down because his fam- he was really busy and he was like not spending a lot of family time. And Willow and Jaden basically begged him not to do it, even though he really wants to work with Tarantino. Because he, they want him to spend more time with family. At least that's the story that has been told by the Smith family. Get the fuck out of my face. He did, that's a lie. And he also <laughs> said that when he originally read the script that he, that Jingo wasn't the lead in it. And so that he, he didn't want to be a part of it if Jingo wasn't the lead character. So which is absolutely not. ridiculous. Uh, he's not the lead, but who cares? So? Who cares? Who cares? You're on screen for the entire film. Like, yeah. anyway. So then he said that the script was was different from when he read it to what was actually played out on screen. Which I mean, he said the same no thing about he said the same thing about the Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He yep. got off he on the, the Matrix and be Matrix. like, yeah. it, "There's a there's a big explainer that he did on his YouTube channel because he's now just like a Twitch streamer of yep. uh, <laughs> of <laughs> he's the same as us anyway." Uh, he he did a big explainer of why he turned down the Wachowskis for the the Matrix. And yeah, when you listen to him explain it, it makes sense. But also, in the same breath, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, like, come Definitely. on, you know. Anyway, uh, I'm interested to hear what Dex uh, Dex has yes. to say. Dex, this is your second Tarantino movie. You're not a big violence guy. This, I maintain, this might be the most violent Tarantino movie. This shit is nuts. Was the first one pulp? No, um, this isn't my second. Uh, Tarantino movies. I've seen. You've seen Pulp Fiction, right? I've yeah. seen Pulp Fiction, Pulp. both Kill Bills. I saw Upon a Time Bill. in Hollywood. Okay. Is there another one? He's uh, just got to see Grindhouse, and he's got to see. You got to um, see Inglorious. You, but you. Oh yeah, we did Inglorious. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, then you got to see Glorious. Jackie Brown. This. Yeah. Okay. I. Yes. I'm sorry. This was the one that we hadn't seen that we were like. Oh well, if you've seen all these other ones, sorry. You gotta yes. see this one. Yeah. This okay. was the one where everyone was like, "How have you not seen Django?" Somebody said that like I wasn't black today because I hadn't seen Django, <laughs> which was absolutely insane to me. That's an insane thing to say. Yeah, this Very movie so. was directed by a white man. Like, let's all calm down. <laughs> let's reel it in. But you know, I have to I have to be careful with what I say here. I didn't like this movie. 
Oh, I, oh, here we go. This movie isn't bad. I just didn't like it. And I'm sorry. I, I understand that there are some really good things in it that I really enjoyed. I laughed out loud at the, the criticize, criticize, criticize. <laughs> I've seen that for years. Everyone posted on Twitter every week. I've seen it before, but it was still really funny. I laughed when, uh, what's her name? Laura got shot and blown away. That shit was hilarious. Uh, you know, watching Samuel L. Jackson die, it felt really, really good. But <laughs> this movie, first of all, it's way too long. It did need to be two hours and 45 minutes. I, I didn't need that from this movie. Second, when you make a movie that like touches on slavery at all, there are certain things that like that requires of you as a filmmaker. And like Tarantino did all of those things. And so, like, I'm not knocking Tarantino for making a movie about slavery, but the heights of this movie and, like, where it ultimately takes you, not really worth all the things you got to do to, like, touch on slavery for me personally. Like, and part of me not liking this movie is my fault just because I hadn't seen it. It's been out for almost 10 years. Had I seen this movie almost 10 years ago, I would have liked it way more. But at this point, with all the Tarantino movies that I've seen, not even all of them, just the ones that I've seen, they feel, I feel about Tarantino movies the way that people feel about Drake albums, which is like, they're good. And you know, it's like well executed what he's doing. But if you're not a fan, you like, you just don't need that. You'll listen to a Drake album and you're not a fan. And you're I was like, ready I to roast this, but that's actually a really fair criticism. <laughs> yeah, you're like, they're good. You know it's you know it's good. Quentin Tarantino was a film nerd. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's super talented behind the camera. He has a vision, all of that, whatever, whatever. And like it's good. But it's just I just didn't I just didn't need it. I don't I don't know. Had I seen this before I had seen the rest of the Tarantino movies, I probably would have been like, this is amazing, wonderful, visionary, love it, cool. But seeing it now, after seeing all the other ones, he does kind of the same trick that he does in his other movies where it's like you have this expectation because it's Quentin Tarantino that he's probably going to fuck up the subject matter. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, he's doing right. the, the Tate murder and you're like, he's Quentin Tarantino. He's probably going to fuck it up. And so he's like building on that the entire time. Like, Ooh, we're getting real close. Quentin Tarantino fucking it up. And then it's comedy at the end and you're just laughing at all these bad guys getting shot. He does the same thing in Inglorious Bastards. And it's like, it's a cool trick. But if you're not a fan, you're just kind of like, I, I need to do this again, you know? So it's not bad. I just, I just didn't enjoy myself that much watching it. I'd give it like a B minus. Like, I don't sit, you couldn't give it any lower than that objectively. Like the performances are really good and all that, but that just wasn't for me. I don't see I would, myself ever seeing it again. I would argue the highs of this movie are as high Damn. as he's ever. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> tough. I was yeah. just about to say that. Yeah, the, the highs of this movie are some of the highest that it's ever gone, but it they're the lulls in this where they're just kind of talking to each other over some landscapes and stuff. It's like I understand he wanted to make a spaghetti western, and 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 that's what this was is uh, you know him you know going like I want to make a John Wayne movie, and then you're just like okay nerd like yeah, it's just, okay <laughs> yeah they, so, so some of the highs in this are some of his best highs, but there are more lulls in this. I'll give you that than than some of his other movies and it's and not like, as tightly all, paced with all tarantino movies like a lot of the scenes themselves like feel like short films basically like the individual scenes 
And so there are some scenes like I'll go back and watch just those scenes, but like sitting through this entire movie again, I don't see myself ever doing that. This may have been the first movie. He has a, he has a, a dedicated editor, Tarantino did. And this may have been the first movie because that editor passed away. Oh. And this may have been the first movie without that editor. Give me a second. I, I've seen this movie like 10 times. I have never once thought, oh my God, this movie is so long. I have never felt it. It is very long. It's an extremely long movie. I have never felt it. I get lost in this movie. Every time I put it on, I'm just like, I just get lost in it, man. I, 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 I've never felt like it was too long. The only time that I, I felt it was long, but it, it wasn't even that it was long. It was like the scene itself is long is the uh, is the slave scene with, with Candy cutting the skull because I know what's going to happen and how gruesome it uh, is and how like how much he's going to go over the top, especially once he grabs Carrie Washington with his bloody hand. I was watching it while I was at work. I was like, I'm just going to let this run for a few seconds. I'm going to do something and then come back <laughs> while it's still doing it. <laughs> Cause it is a lot and you're just like you're already like i've sat through a lot of this and now it's about to go another level up and you're just yeah. like yeah i can i'm gonna sit this one up for just a second take a second also bar. like knowing that leo's hand was actually bleeding and he just like rubbed it in carry washington's just rubbed it in face. Carrie's face i was like yo what the fuck <laughs> he got he committed there's there's stuff he was a different tier of guy man there, a, we are seeing greatness there is you know there's if you go and look at the movie trivia on this on imdb according to imdb he was so stressed about how evil his character was and how racist that he was that he didn't feel comfortable doing the movie and uh being the character which good maybe he's not a complete asshole in like real life so that's that's good i so, don't know if i buy that <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of those things you say when you know what people are about to see when the movie comes out but i don't buy it i don't think i buy that at all I think the, the trivia but the trivia says which i buy the trivia says that t he said that tarantino pulled him aside and just said no you gotta go for it otherwise they're not gonna believe you that i believe um but yes his dedicated film editor who had been with him since reservoir dogs um sally menke passed away in 2010 and of course she she was on kill bill pulp fiction and glorious bastards and her last movie with him was Inglorious bastards whereas that i feel like something would have been cut out of this movie to make it like within that two hour, 30 minute time frame, there's just like 10 minutes, 15 minutes more in this movie, literally than what um, maybe with her would have been cut out. Not to say that the editor of this did a bad job, but I'm just saying that, that yeah, she, the dedicated editor of this passed away right before uh, they started filming this movie. Anyway, Tej, go ahead, give it your full review. To piggyback off your point, that makes some sense because all the projects since Inglourious Bastards have been much longer than the previous projects, including the great the Hateful Eight, which they trimmed down for the movie version, but then they dropped the Netflix version that was like <laughs> the whole version of the movie that was cut to chapters. It's extremely long, and that film is the only Tarantino film I don't like. I didn't, I didn't even finish it. Long. Didn't even. I finish don't it. like it. Not well, lie. I, I tortured myself, even though I hated the movie, of going to the extended version to think I would like it more, and I just liked it less. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Inglorious, uh, sorry, Django Unchained. I love this film. Uh, the scene, so you're sitting, you spend a long time. I always forget how long it is before you see Leo. It's even longer before you see Samuel Jackson. 
So the person carrying the movie, with all due respect to Jamie Foxx, is Christoph Waltz, who's crushing it. He's just, the, the little trick he's doing where he starts some shit and then he goes, hey, I'm a bounty hunter. He does it a couple times, but it's funny every time. And like, he's just giving a great performance and you have to really sell that he is growing close to this character because it has to feel natural that he's going to make this decision of, hey, do some bounty hunting with me through the winter season. And then when the, when the weather gets warm, I'm going to go with you on what's basically a suicide mission, which is I'm going to go steal from the biggest slave owner in this town or whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and that also, thing. sorry to interrupt. And that also that every white person in this is an evil fucking terrible person. And that yes, he is the him. only good white person. Yes, yes. So that performance is not an easy thing to do. He's out of this world good. I will talk a lot about the Jamie Foxx performance after my review because I have a lot to say about it because I have to pull, uh, pull back some takes. But uh, so Christoph Waltz is carrying this movie. He's great. Then you walk into Candyland and literally the first scene with Leo, he's literally watching uh, uh, two slaves fight because they're doing Mandingo fighting, right? So in that scene, Leo has to have one dynamic with Jamie Foxx's character who he, he views as property although Jamie Foxx is a free man, and another dynamic with Christoph Waltz's character, who's a white man, who appears to be a well-intentioned novice in this space where he's trying to buy Mandingos. So, and also being the coach of the Mandingo fight. And also coaching the Mandingo. So he's doing all this in his first scene. When you walk into the room, Leo's back is to the, the, the party entering, and he's like, why do you want to get into Mandingo fighting? And in that scene, it, it's, it's the most incredible. Only Tarantino, I'm a Tarantino fanboy, so excuse me for this. Only Tarantino can do this. Leo has to turn to Jamie Foxx's character or turn to Waltz's character, have these pleasantries, get to know him a little bit. They have their dynamic. Christoph Waltz is pushing back against the stuff that Leo is saying. At the same time, Leo is trying to assert that, hey, you're in my house, in my space. I get to ask the questions I want. Jamie Foxx gives us some sass. You get the Tarantino zoom in where you see how is this guy who only sees black people's property going to respond to this black guy who just challenged them in front of everybody. And he's got to be calm about it. But also there's so much fire in it because Jamie Foxx is completely un unfazed. Like he's just not scared. Like everything in his life shows you that you should be scared of this white man. You should be very scared to talk to this white man in this way. And Jamie Foxx is just like, no, I'm not scared at all. Django's just like, look in this man in his eyes, which is a massive no-no. Look in this man in his eyes and telling him, basically challenging his authority on these things knowing that Jamie Foxx is actually not an expert in this field. He's just acting like one. So he's challenging this white man. And Leo is having these heated moments with Django and also has to turn around and still do Southern pleasantries to Christoph Waltz's character in the same scene. It's just, it's just such great writing. It's so well acted. And that's how I feel about this movie. Like the performances are just incredible. I do not think Will Smith would have ruined this movie because I don't think Tarantino would have let him. But like this movie has everything. The fact that you can laugh at some of this stuff is insane. The fact that they can put jokes in the room or jokes in the dynamic when this film is extremely violent. It, it's touching on slavery, which is going to be definitely get people riled up. Although I, I always tell people this is not a movie about slavery. It's a spaghetti Western that yeah. happens to be in the time of slavery and that centers a black character and not a white one. Like the spaghetti Western is always centered white people, right? So you can see he's trying to do something revolutionary but also a lot of people especially if you're not a tarantino fanboy like me would be like why is this white man who we have criticized for saying the n-word in his movies making a movie about slavery where there's about ninety thousand n-words in this movie and if you look at it like that i can't say that you're wrong 
that's just not how I look at it because A, I trust the director and B, that's, I don't think that's what this movie is. It's not a slavery movie, it's a Western. It has, it has everything, it has an arc, it has a character who's seeking revenge, it has everything that a spaghetti Western is supposed to have. It's got shootouts, it's just a spaghetti Western and it's not more violent or less violent than the typical spaghetti Western, except for the fact that Tarantino is using his own blood spray and the blood spray in this movie is insane. It, the level, the amount of blood in this film is insane. Yeah. I, I just, I'm enthralled by this movie every time you get the Leo first scene. You're loving Leo. You get the whole scene with Leo and Jamie Foxx when they're riding over to, and then Leo has to see D'Artagnan try to run away. And he's got to have that scene and Jamie Foxx has to be stone-faced with that scene. Oh. There's so much heat. There's so much heat. There's so much tension. And then boom, the next scene, you enter Samuel Jackson's character and it's just a riot. It's just, everything he does is funny. He's saying, who's that nigga on that nag? And the way Samuel Jackson's character is arguing with his master is hilarious. It's just extremely funny to watch Samuel Jackson just act like an old begrudging black man who could say anything he wants to to anyone because he just thinks that he can. And playing that power dynamic with that of the way he treats Jamie Foxx versus the way that he treats, treats Leo. It's just, no matter what this film was about, if the, we're going to get those kind of performances, it was just going to be amazing. And that's also every time I watch this movie. It's just a vehicle for these guys to go crazy Waltz went crazy. Leo, it, 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 it goes without speaking how good his performance is. Samuel Jackson is just incredible. Don Johnson's on screen for five minutes. He's hilarious. You just get so many good performances. I really like the Kerry Washington performance in this movie. It, this is an A-plus for me. I have very little bad to say about this film. I love it every time I watch I When I watched this back in 2012, I maintained, and I maintained earlier in this podcast when we were talking about comedies, I maintain this is one of the funniest movies of the 2010s. And I still kind of think that, but it has changed significantly when you look at it through a different lens and you're not a teenager. Like this is, I think maybe, I think I saw this before I saw it in Glorious Bastards, to be honest. So people are going to be like, oh, how young are you? Like, yeah, like those would have been my first Tarantino movies were in Glorious Bastards and Django Unchained. And then I would have had to have gone back. But so th me introducing to like the 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 comedy of this and and you're not supposed it's it's something that if you've been raised right hopefully that you're not supposed to be laughing at haha -ha, racism you know like you're not like what you know what i mean but it's just it's just like the the bag scene and how ridiculous it is and if you go into it knowing that everyone in this is a fucking idiot outside of christoph waltz and Django and his wife everyone in this is stupid then it, I think it really plays really well um especially when you look at Leo's character who I wrote down is an idiot he's, <laughs> yeah. he's an idiot a big dumb idiot he's a big <laughs> dumb idiot but the because he's fooled from from the jump and only when um uh, What's Samuel, uh, Jackson. Samuel Jackson? What's what's his Steven. Uh, Steven thank Steven. you. Uh, only when Steven has the idea to tell these white folks, like, "Hey, you're getting the wool pulled over your eyes." Like, it it you know, and that that just goes to show how dumb all the white people are in this movie. Which is, I think, is a it's it's subtle, but I think it's it's really it's really good and and well done. But. I the the Samuel L. Jackson character upon rewatch is terrifying to me, man. He makes me feel he weird. Yeah. 
And he's hilarious and horrifying. It's incredible yeah. to watch. I man. think he's so scary. The nuance in his performance, I think, goes even further now upon rewatch, looking at it, because I think because he's been there's something to be said about in this universe about a black man sticking around for as long as he's stuck around. You know what I mean? In a world where they're killing black people with dogs and fighting to the death. And, you know, it, 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 he stuck around. And so when it, what made me talking crazy to this white man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's literally talking crazy to not just any white man, but like the guy, the most powerful white man in his, Yeah. yeah, like, this is the most powerful white man around here. He's talking crazy to him. <laughs> yeah. And like, where are you Doesn't stupid? Matter. Yeah. It's just like stuff like that. And I, it, what made it, what did it for me with his performance was at the very end, you know, he comes in, he's got the alligator tears of candies died. And he's so it's, he sort of plays like this self-hating black man in front of these, in front of these white people with power and money who have mm-hmm. kept him around for this long. But as soon as like they're all gone, the facade comes off. He drops his cane and it's like all of a sudden he can walk fine. Yep. And yep. like, and just all that. And that's when I looked at it and I was like, oh, he's been faking it this entire time. <laughs> and I never noticed that before. It's this yes. act. There's this yep. subtle act. And, and most of the time when you look at, when you look at, because he's been in so much shit and he's been around forever. When you look at Samuel L. Jackson's performances, Oh, he's this bombastic character actor guy that, that you think of like his, I don't know, his uh, snakes on a plane character or something like that, where it's just like, it's over the top. And that's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He's just Samuel L. Jackson dropping motherfuckers yeah. and like yeah. yelling at shit. And that's he, the, the, the nuance to this performance, I think, and it might be written that way on the, on the page, but I, I thought the nuance to Samuel L. Jackson's performance was crazy. I, and also, but to all that to say, I think Leo acted circles around everyone because he had to play a fucking dumbass, but also a, a, a horrifying person because, and I wrote down like, racists are inherently stupid it just is a fact you just are a dumb person and so they just made him a dumb racist like in this movie but when racists get angry you get like january 6th that like that's what happens (laughs) and and so like and so when he gets angry at the end it's horrifying because you know they just have no qualms or quarrels about killing people you know what i mean on a whim thank you like and it just so when he freaks out, you're just, you're like, oh, he's going to murder these people, you know? And the fact that he almost lets them get away is, is kind of an interesting choice because it keeps that tension throughout that whole last mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it is, it is great. And I think in, you know, I love Christoph Waltz's performance back in the day. I think Leo probably deserved the award more, more so I think, but I do think as far as like, storytelling goes waltz had to carry this i will say fox's performance is it gets lost in all this even though he's the title character if he comes out and he does the the if he's big jamie fox or if if it's will smith back in the day you know if he's big will smith movie star then um then it's just not good because you don't let other people or, cook around you you know what yeah, i mean it doesn't work and then yeah. you you get to have there's this steady progression that you can notice after he starts to get more confidence and money and autonomy 
within this role. And that's maybe why it's so long, but he, you, he, he all of a sudden starts to get more autonomy in himself. And, and that's when he's talking back to candy. And that's when he's like, yeah, you know, he's ready to like kill all these people. Whereas you first meet him and he doesn't know what, you know, what certain words mean or anything, but as you, as he goes on, Christoph Waltz has taught him how to read. He's killed all these bad people. And then he's going after Christoph Waltz. Like, you know, Oh, didn't you tell me like to shoot a man in front of front of his son and stuff like that? And so he's he's clicking. And then so it works by the end of the movie when he's when he's got to have a hero moment when he has these hero moments. And Tarantino does the Tarantino thing where I saw this comment and and I agree where he he takes the oppressed and make and, and makes them lord over their oppressor at the end of the film. Uh, he did it. He did it in *Inglorious Bastards*. Pretty much all through *Inglorious Bastards*, and he yeah. definitely did it. He flipped the script at the end of his pre of his life, *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*. Um, and he's done that for a few films now. Uh, I think it works fine in this. I think this movie is way more brutal than what I remember it being, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit. I had forgotten about how much of the dog scene was show. in there that man, they show man, i had man, forgotten man. about that um, it's not easy to watch and he cut that he cut that because he yep. originally said it was like even worse which yep. i'm like good lord man like you don't have that's the whole tarantino-ness of it is like uh, you don't have to it, it, <laughs> you don't have to little you definitely don't have to and then and then i had also forgotten how uh brutal the 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 human fighting scene was like he pushes his eyes into his skull and beats him to death with a hammer and you're just like holy shit that's like, the I had hardest forgotten. scene for me to watch but the 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 other stuff in that scene is so compelling i can never fast forward because it's, yeah. when you first meet leo it's just like the whole movie changes you're just like this is insane like what leo has to do here is so difficult and we've never seen him be so evil yet so compelling it's, it's just it's, it's fascinating I, I thought that there was a moment that he was if if he was going to, you know, kind of make the transition because he wasn't winning Oscars like he's a leading man. Like, don't get me yep. wrong. Leo's yep. one of the few leading men along with like Brad Pitt and and um, you made the uh, Christian Bale and like a few of these guys that we have. And Tom left. Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise that we have left. But I think he's like the actor of. Uh, our tour of those ones i thought for a moment there after this role i was like oh if he just wants to win oscars he can just go do this shit where he's in the movie for like 30 minutes and goes and does this but gotta gotta say before we move on christian bale is not in this tier of dude hey man oh, hey, i was just gonna put back be cool. <laughs> i don't fuck know about that, that. Mm, i don't fuck know about that, that. uh who was the I, other? Matt I Damon. Like Christian Matt Damon. Bale, but a... Christian Bale is not Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Damon. This, uh, this is kind of this is kind of the genius of Leo and Tarantino working together, though. Tarantino gives him both the opportunity to have fun, do a blockbuster, and actually act. I mean, when he's what he's doing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's playing an actor. And when you when he's in the scene where he's goes to the trailer. He's angry because he can't get his lines, and he comes back. Damn it, God damn like whiskey that. showers! <laughs> <laughs> like he's couldn't have one whiskey run. shower. He's making us laugh, but then it's like, okay, jokes over. Like I'm about to show you, I'm about to fucking act, and he gets to do both of those in the same film. Like that's why he works with Tarantino because Tarantino is like, I understand what you want. 
You want to really act on a serious level and you also want to have fun and make people laugh. I can give you both of those things and not every director can give me both of those things in the same movie. Rick fucking Dalton. Um, <laughs> I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like that's, I think that's the comparison point, obviously, because Leo was in both. But I think like the formula is so similar that like you have to compare those two movies. And I, maybe it's because I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood first, but I just enjoyed it way more in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the buildup to the to the Tate murder. The catharsis at the end of that movie is just like a sweet release. I will say that. Yeah, I didn't like that really movie is. as much, but it's it a is a catharsis. Release. And like that movie has more fun in it for me personally. Like the bag scene is hilarious like in this movie. And there's like a couple of like funny moments or like Christoph Waltz will say something that's like just funny or whatever. But like watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's no like smaller kills or whatever in the buildup to that. But when you're watching Django Unchained, it's like, okay. All kills. Yeah, he's been killing white people and they've been like <laughs> screaming and yelling the entire time, right? So we get to the end of the movie and that's the release. And it's like, we've been we've been doing that this entire time. We've already time. been doing that, yeah. Yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood, like this this isn't what's been happening in this movie, but this we've known this is what this is building to. And then he decks all girl in the face with a can of dog food and that shit is fucking hilarious. Because like, <laughs> This is like a new <laughs> new thing we've entered in this movie, right? So like with Django, when you're just like killing one or two white people the entire time, like here's some more white people were killing, ooh, slavery, it's real bad. But more white people were killing, ooh, slavery. Okay, so here's some more white people. And then you get to the very end and it's like, we're just killing all the white people. It just didn't hit me the same. It's like once upon a time in Hollywood, it's like, Tense, 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 tense. Boom! We're just killing fucking the Manson that. family, you know. I, I think that's the future of Tarantino. I think he streamlined the formula of saying I, they do want these. This I can still give them this incredibly violent scene at the end of the movie, but I don't have to overload them with violence throughout the film because then it it will feel different. By the time you, the only violence that happens in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood before you get to the finale is Bruce Lee fighting, and that's funny. It plays for a laugh. Like it's it's not violent. It's funny. So I, I think that's why that was the genius of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's playing against type, but you have to establish a type person. This is a Tarantino movie through and through. Like this is what he just decorates the film with violence. And then you get one big final bang at the end. This is but more Kill also, Bill. Go ahead, Mark. But this is more Kill yes, Bill yes, yes. than, the, yes, yes, than yes, this yes. is Once Upon a Time yes. in Hollywood. I was just going to say that there is a sequence with Brad Pitt on the trailer where you don't know it's murky as if Brad Pitt was going to get out of the trailer alive. Yeah. yeah, and once upon a time, and then of course the rest of it with the Manson stuff at the end. But yeah, that's the problem the, with once upon a time, and I don't want to make this a once upon a time in Hollywood podcast. We'll probably do that movie eventually. I got to rewatch I it again. But wait. The, <laughs> the the thing with that movie is like the the it came out way too soon that that's what they were gonna do. You know what I mean? It, it was just it, he he said he said oh it's about the Manson family. He's like well he's not gonna kill Sharon Tate at the end of this movie how would it why could nobody would ever i nobody would ever let him do that and then i and, absolutely thought that's what he was no, going to do i, yeah, I, I, I also thought, thought that's what he was i had i had zero i had zero expectation i thought that's where it was going nah, i had zero thought in my brain that he would actually do that and that he would reverse it like he did and like he's done in, in several of his movies now. So I, I liked it. 
Like, I like the catharsis at the end of that movie. But, like, when it came out, it was like, oh, it's about Sharon Tate. I was like, he's not going to kill Sharon Tate. Like, it's going to be a revision. Nah, nope, nope. <laughs> you're not going to do it. Um, yeah, yeah so, I was so, I was like, he's going to fuck up the Manson murders. And this is going to be fucking awful. I probably should have figured when, like, it was getting positive reviews that that's obviously yes, not what happened. Yes, me too. But I saw, it, I saw it, like, as soon as it came out. So there was, yeah, like, same. no reviews yet. And so I, I, I definitely 100% thought he's going to murder this woman. And I already braced myself for it. Even if you like this movie, by the time you get to there, it's probably going to be like, come on, Quentin, bro. I'll try to defend you as much as I can, but you didn't have to do this. I was expecting and, that moment. And that when I saw it in theaters, so everyone was expecting that same thing. And then chick is hit in the face with a can of dog food and everyone is dying of laughter nobody stopped laughing for that last like 20 minutes of that movie well like i said the brad pitt thing i think that called me like i didn't know for sure what he was gonna do i couldn't take one side or the other but once brad pitt didn't die in the trailer i was like okay this is not gonna be like a a bloodshed tarantino (laughs) movie so like the end could go either way because he's clearly shown that like we're not going to be overly violent. Like he got he got off, got out of the trailer okay, got off the ranch okay. Like we're we're all we're golden at this point. He we can we can definitely let our guard down. Yeah. Uh Marcus, you were saying before we started, you didn't laugh at the uh KKK scene again. Mm-hmm. Um it's to me it's still funny and but I can see after watching it a thousand times where I'd be like, you know what? All right. Yeah, okay. like it, it's it's hilarious, and I'm not taking anything from it. It's just like like you said, it's one of of the Tarantino things that's like done in social media a lot. That sequence is probably number one. It's probably the most uh, popular. It's probably the most popular thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know I've I've seen it so many times that like it just it 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 falls short for me, even though everything that they're saying is hilarious. It's just like I've just seen it too many times. That being Don Johnson is fucking crazy to me it's insane it's insane. every single time and it's like don johnson had really it, tarantino does this thing of of finding dudes that hadn't been in stuff in a while and i think john johnson kind of had a random little comeback after this or has like kind of rediscovered people rediscovered don johnson and uh and he he was also one of those ones you're a little too good at that character buddy like yeah he said, so you want me to treat him like white? No. No, 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 no. Do no. <laughs> um, that actress yeah. is so fu- The way she delivers all her lines in that scene, that actress, I don't know who she is. She, The way she's speaking is so funny. It makes it so much funnier. That's like, the big house because they call it because like... it's the big house. <laughs> <laughs> the big house. <laughs> that was, and Jamie Foxx has to be deadpan that whole time where she's, she's hilarious and Jamie Foxx yeah. has to just be deadpan like, She's amazing. She her be- whoever that is, she crushed it. Her best line was, "Are right, so you're really free?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "So you choose to dress like that?" So you chose to dress that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that she was. She was great too. But that whole scene and the way that he starts it, the, the Tarantino ness of it is such a weird way of filmmaking because he he starts it and then cuts it back to before they actually start to make the raid and then goes in full again. So it's like a weird sort of inner cut but the no nobody brought an extra bag is it? <laughs> <laughs> all i hear is criticize 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 you don't ask me or mine for nothing <laughs> i ain't saying yeah i ain't saying we didn't appreciate what jenny did 
We all thank the banks we for all a good idea. <laughs> it, see, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's such an intercut to the serious moment of a KKK or a, or a, a, a Klan rally. And then it's just like, oh, they're all fucking dumb. Duh. It's like, yeah, it, it just, it, <laughs> I don't want fucking with my eye holes. I can't see fucking shit out of this thing. <laughs> the horse can see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't need to see. I, I do quote I do quote that line often as like it doesn't matter if you can see all it matters if the fucking horse can see. <laughs> it's oh man, and it's uh, it's just so funny. But then it's just Jonah Hill is just in that yeah, Jonah incredible. So it'd be nice to see the like, least southern looking person of all. Time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look southern at all. <laughs> just just Jonah Hill. Just okay, man. <laughs> What? Right? Did you give it a letter grade? Right? Did you oh, I never did. Uh, I give it a straight up A. Um, not an A minus. Not a yeah, just solid A for me. I don't think it's his best work. I think it's one of his more entertaining movies. It's a little too long, um, and uh, but the performances are some of the best out of uh, out of all the tertiary, secondary, and tertiary characters within this movie um, that I think are in any of his movies. Also, it's his biggest movie, I think, too. So it, it gets points for me for that because it's just, all right, what if we just gave, this is like the peak of after Inglorious Bastards in the studio, Weinstein was like, yeah. Oh man, I was like, Uncomfy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I forget about that because at the, at the very beginning of this movie, every single time, and since it's, it, you know, I think, in, yeah, I don't think it's a Weinstein Company thing anymore. I don't even know if the Weinstein Company is a thing anymore. But yeah, the Weinstein Company, you're like, yikes! Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, don't Executive produced that. by Harvey Weinstein. Like, ooh. And then you go and then you go and watch Christoph Waltz's, you know, Academy Award acceptance speech. And he's like, thank you to Harvey Weinstein. And he's just sitting yeah. in the crowd fat and like a rapist. And you're just like, oh. And like a rapist with a rapist face. Fat and a rapist. Yeah, it just, it, oh man. The fact that we struggle, talk, honestly. Can we talk about the Jamie Foxx performance? Yeah. I got um, to eat some crow. I got to eat yeah, some crow. Yeah, go ahead. It is, I, like right. I said, it's more nuanced than I originally wanted to give it credit for. Same. That's This is what I came to. I've probably seen this movie, like I said, 10 times. I've been very uh, outwardly uh, critical of the Jamie Foxx performance. And whatever happened this time, I saw, I finally saw what I'm supposed to see in this performance. The scene where Jamie Foxx is going to kill those brothers and he goes to the, what we were just talking about, when he goes to Big Daddy's farm or plantation and he's got to kill the three brothers and he already killed the first one and, and all the other slaves, all the slaves are watching him and he goes, y'all want to see something? Like a chill ran down my spine. And I finally realized, oh, J like this is a Western. Jamie, all the, the protagonists in the Westerns had perky friends but they were straight-laced. They had a good moral compass. They had a clear vision and clear goal, and they played everything straight. And that's what Jamie Foxx is doing. He plays everything straight. He's fearless. He's looking Leo in his eyes. He's looking Christoph Waltz in his eyes. He's not scared of these white people, and he's just completely fearless. And for some reason, something clicked in my brain, but I was just like, oh, I, I get it now. I understand it. I think the performance is great. I just think it's hard to – it was hard for me to appreciate what it really was because he's next to so much greatness. He's literally spending the first half of the movie next to Christoph Waltz. He's kind of never alone. He's always next to Christoph Waltz. That performance is so incredible that it kind of gets washed away. And then he immediately walks into the room with Leo. And then the next 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, especially after Leo dies, is just him and him and Samuel Jackson. So because he's always 
face with these people that are giving these amazing performances. I think it kind of dulled the spotlight on his own performance. But so, for some reason, I watched it this time. I was like, oh, this performance is actually really good. Like, I need to stop being critical of him. Because Jamie Foxx is a comedian by trade. And for a comedian to be able to do that in general, it's just incredible. Because he's not funny in this movie. The only the only funny thing he does is at the end, the horse starts dancing when he starts doing moves. But that's the, not really... That, that, the six shots, two guns line is... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, true, that's true. That's true. That's pretty good. Yeah. Everything he says to Steven is kind of funny. Uh, you know, when he's when he's just like uh, singing, when, when Steven walks in singing the song and Jamie Foxx picks up the song and keeps singing it, like, that's, that's funny. But like, generally speaking, Jamie Foxx isn't playing anything for laughs. He's playing it very serious and he's a cowboy and he's very, very measured. He's very, very much into his morals. He has a clear view of how things should go and he's going to fight to make sure they go that way. And I was just blown away by the performance in a way that I hadn't been before. And so I had to walk back that take. And I, I do, I long, no longer think that Will Smith would have done better in this role. I will not say, as Marcus said, that Will Smith would have ruined the movie, but I don't think that Will Smith would have been as good as Jamie Foxx. So I'll walk that back. I am sorry, internet. I will never, ever say that again. All I'm saying is, if you look at Will Smith's performance since Hitch, name me one movie. <laughs> we're, not, that we're, you not We're not doing this. We're not name doing this. We're not doing this. Name me one. Aladdin. You didn't enjoy oh, that. No. You didn't enjoy Bad Boys 3? I mean, that movie sucked, but <laughs> I hated it. So, I so I'm I'm kind of in the middle on this take. So I okay. think Got it. I, I do think Will Smith would have ruined this movie. But I do think that there are plenty of other black actors who could have done this movie. Like I told TJ today, if they read it now, Michael B. Jordan is Jimmy Fox. Yeah, yeah Michael B. Jordan yeah. could have done this. He would have been fine. He would have been fine. Yeah. Will Smith, Will Smith couldn't have done this because Will Smith is just like he's Will Smith. Uh, he's it's he's too much Will of Smith. an event. Everything it has to be an event every single time. And it's, also, there has I to be nuance. Cannot imagine Will Smith's voice like just having the the depth and like the sincerity of Jamie Foxx's kid like mm -hmm. in this because mm -hmm. everything Will Smith says because he's Will Smith is just kind of funny. And that just wouldn't work here. I, <laughs> I I kept thinking of like his cadence, and it'd just be like, I, I don't even know a line of of of, of that because Jamie Fox doesn't really have that many lines to be honest. Yeah, Will this Smith movie. like doing the thing where he's like unwilling to shoot the guy because he's in front of his son or whatever. That just plays entirely differently. You want me to shoot of, him in front of his son? It's just like yeah, yeah. it just plays entirely differently <laughs> if that's Will Smith. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Or like even like I count two guns, nigga. Like does not work the same with Will Smith. It just becomes like a more over the top, like funnier thing. And that just have we ever heard it. Will Smith say the N word? I'm sure that we have, but I can't think of when it's I can't happened. I can't think of it. It's uh, in Bad Boys. Bad Boys, it has to be in Bad Boys. Bad Boys too. Bad Martin says nigga and bad boys about 97 Because he does so, it when he answers the door with uh, Martin for the Reggie scene. Oh, that's right. Bang, bang, nigga. Yeah. You must be 40. <laughs> you at least 40. I can't, I can't see Will Smith doing this role, but I think Jamie Foxx did a good job, and I think you know other people could have done equally as good a job, but it being Jamie Foxx is, is good for his uh, filmography because he... Uh, since this movie, I mean, what are we really talking about? Baby Driver and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate Baby Driver. Oh, I what? 
Yeah, well, we've we've said we've had this tag that, before. That first scene is some of one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and everything after that is a complete dump fest. I was just like, oh, I hate this movie. Speaking the movie has also been made uncomfy by yeah. racist. Uh, but uncomfy. Kevin in that hey, film. beep. Um, <laughs> he who shall not be named is in that movie. The the, the thing with with Jamie Foxx's performance, how understated it is. Is he really let, like I said, he really let other people cook and for Tarantino just to tell the story and for people, for him to realize, oh, well, I get my hero moment at the end and I'm on all the posters and this movie is about me. Like, yeah, like I'm in the entire movie. He's never off screen. There are worse jobs to have, especially for a Jamie Foxx who's been in some big films, but nothing like this. He's been in some fucking stinkers too. Yeah, that's true. There's worse things to be than the title character of a Tarantino movie that's in the entire movie from start to finish. Yeah, you know what nice. I mean? So for the, nice. the choice of him, for him, and I maybe give Tarantino a little bit of credit to how he uh, uh, how he chose to direct him and how he um, wrote the character. But yeah, it's just, if you're Jamie Foxx, you've been in some fucking stinkers, like you were in stealth, like some ass movies before this. Uh, it And also some really good ones like you were in Collateral with uh, Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. It was in Ray, which we got an Oscar for. And he won an Ray, Oscar okay movie, but a really good performance. Yeah. Yes. So it's like we do, we're, we're not saying that Will Smith can't act and that Jamie Foxx is acting around the way. You know, like I think they're the same caliber actor, to be honest. Maybe Jamie Foxx is even better because of uh, it, but like because he won an Oscar and that Ray performance is transcendent. But I, I just, I don't, I, I can't get over how how much the character changes within the confines of the script and then he starts to like i've said this i said this earlier gets autonomy of himself and then he starts to play that that slaver character at the end and he's going toe to toe some of the best moments are when they linger on leo and him just staring at each other oh my god oh my god that stuff is in that stuff is like when you hear the guy dying in the background and Leo and him are just staring at each other. I was like, ooh. Like, it, it just is, it's really good. It's really good filmmaking, too. But, yeah, the decision for him to really be like, all right, I'm just going to let other people cook around me. And I'm, it feels like he's learning throughout the film. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, quick, 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 quick question. Gun to your head right now. Your life depends on it. You have to sit there and, and enjoy either a Will Smith or Jamie Foxx new movie. Your life depends on that performance. And you're like, this movie was better with Jamie Foxx or Will Smith. Who are you taking as the person that you want to be in that movie? Uh, the movie has to be good or the or movie entertaining. has to be good. Oh, good, be good or entertaining? Not entertaining. Has the to be like has a Django. Good. So it has to oh, be good. Fuck. What performance? Oh, fuck. Recently. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm betting I, on Will Smith. I'm, I'm betting on Will I'm betting on Will Smith. Smith. I have to do Jamie. I'm, Jamie. I'm taking Jamie Foxx. I have to do Jamie. I'm sorry. I'm taking Jamie Foxx. I've seen I've seen those good. moments with Jamie more than I've seen with Will, and that's what puts me in saying Jamie. Are you saying every more time. or more recently? Because be very clear about what you're saying. <laughs> now, because Will Smith has more. had some incredible moments on screen. All right, they just haven't been recent. Like the and last that's the thing that can like, can he pull that? Like we are all hoping. I told TJ, King Richard is it. He, it is this the is last, last movie. For me, man. I will put money in Wilson's fucking pockets. If it is bad, I'm out. I'm out. If it's if bad, if it's bad, it's over. Like it doesn't have to be Oscar. 
nomination good, but it has to be good. If it's not yeah. good, that we're shit done. Better be good, or I, it's scary. There's, there's no this way that it can't. There's no way that it can't be. Well, Will Smith is I doing like. Great. I'll Will put Smith a stamp is doing on that. A different thing when he's like in movies. Like if you're watching a Will Smith movie, you're watching it because Will Smith is in it. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Like there's, yeah. I can't think of a single Will Smith movie where I was like, this is an otherwise like great premise and Will Smith is in it. Like no, I want to see Will Smith. <laughs> Jamie Fox, you know maybe he's in a lot of bad shit, but it's either bad independent of him, or you know it's good independent of him like he's just doing something different well so i will i will give will smith this H- hancock was good until the twist that was a good yeah, movie it's, that gets it's not his away. fault that that movie was bad it's not it's it, not it got thrown away because through no fault of his own because he was crushing it yeah and then the movie yeah. got bad but i'm not wa- i'm not watching hancock if jamie fox is in it like it's not that exciting of a premise i'm that's watching fair, that because will smith is in it that's can true. jamie fox you- do i am legend I yes. think you can. Yeah, probably. probably. Are you saying you didn't want to watch the movie about NFL concussions without Will Smith? Is that what you're saying? To me? Yeah, I, I wasn't that interested. Like, <laughs> tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. They make um, a Men in Black movie without Will Smith. I don't give a fuck anymore. That's fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. They make an Independence Day movie without Will Smith. I don't give a fuck I'm anymore. Out. Like, I'm out. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Also, probably one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, I sat and watched Bright because Will Smith was in it. Like, that's just oh, what man. it is. I cut off like 20 minutes. Oh, in. my God, man. <laughs> that movie well, is so fucking bad. Right. That's a piece of shit film. Um, okay, so we've talked about Will Smith having stinkers, and we're going to go back and forth on this forever because it's the it's a big what if because this movie is so popular. Jamie Foxx has also been in some fucking stinkers, like recently. He has been. He like, has been. like he's he made two. That, uh... He's made two good movies. One was an animated film, Soul, which is a great movie. Which uh, I don't, I don't that... like him as a character. Really? I, I'd prefer. Uh, um... Will Smith. No, what's his face <laughs> from? Um... God, the 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 Sterling K. Brown. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of looks like Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, yeah it does kind of look uh, like Sterling K. Brown if you really think about uh, it. <laughs> and then Just Mercy, which I thought was a fine film. It kind of heavy-handed, but I thought he was I agree. good in that movie, and I thought I'm it was not gonna fun. lie to you, I didn't watch it. It's heavy-handed. Mean. It's heavy-handed. <laughs> um, but then you you start to go down the list, and like Baby Driver was good, like you said, independent of him, just because of filmmaking. But then it's like the bad Annie remake, Sleepless. Robin Hood, uh, Project Power, which is on Netflix, which stinks. Uh, it was awful. Horrible, or, or The Amazing Spider-Man Two, which I, I'll, I'll give him that. It wasn't his fault. But he's coming uh, back. He's gonna come back. Yes, I, I'm just saying that you I would magic trick. I feel I like I would enjoy the Will Smith. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I didn't enjoy the Jamie Foxx movie more than the Will Smith movie. If my life depended on it tomorrow, I, I, I have to be guaranteed. If that performance saves my life. I think I'm going with Jamie Foxx. Mm. Um, yeah, but you go and look at Will Smith's like he hasn't had like a average Rotten Tomatoes score, like a like a like a good rating. I think in like ten years. Uh, yeah, and then like so a sixty sad. plus rating in like ten years. That's Remember so when the Gemini Man trailer came out and we were all like, hmm, maybe. Oh, I knew that movie was gonna stick. That, nope. that was like that was in that was in production hell for decades. 
that's when I realized the different space that I was in with Will Smith because I saw the trailer and I was just like, that looks pretty cool. I'd, I'd probably watch that. Then I saw the reviews and I was just like, nope, not watching that. But in the yeah. past, if they told me a Will Smith movie was bad, I don't care. I'm going to go watch the Will Smith movie. But I was just like, no, I don't need to watch that then. Like, I'm uh, good. I'm King good. Richard has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I have all the faith in the world. Please, please, please. Hashtag support Will Smith. We are going. This is going to bang, bro. It's going to bang, and Will Smith will be back. And I want a lot of apologies for my son, Will Smith. I can't fucking wait. The last movie that he acted in that had a uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Let's see. The last movie that he that he acted in that had a Rotten Tomatoes score in the 60s was... It's probably Hitch or well, Hitch higher, but uh, Bad Boys for Life had a seventy six percent. But before that, out of here. that he had, before that he <laughs> had a run of After Earth, Focus, Concussion, Collateral Wait, Beauty, thought, Suicide I Squad. People like Focus. Focus isn't that bad. It's all it's right. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's that's great. the Margot Robbie one, right? Yeah. Yes. That's Margot Robbie one. He had he had a good five year span of uh, nothing. Nothing, just nothing, nothing movies. And then his his most well-reviewed movie before that was Spies in Disguise, which no one saw uh, that animated film with Tom Holland. And, oh. and then he followed that up with Gemini Man. So it's just like, oh, dude, man. All right, enough about Will Smith. We've talked about him uh, at length. Is there anything else from Django Unchained that uh, you want to talk about? I want to give a nod to the Kerry Washington performance again. I just, I always feel like people are, are don't give her the credit that she deserves enough. I, I'm fully aware that Kerry Washington is an up and down kind of actress. She's not the most talented actress that we've ever seen. I really like her performance in this movie. Yeah. When, when I, and especially when she's doing the scary moments with Samuel Jackson, he's saying, what you scared for? Because you scary. Like, I just, I just <laughs> thought that she did a great job. Uh, so props to Kerry Washington, who I met once and is the sweetest woman ever. She crushed sure. this film. Great job. Oh, I wanted to talk about, uh, we talked about the violence, and I think I maintain that this may be the most violent Tarantino, or at least the, the most of the most violence. Like, there's so much blood in this movie. and uh, I didn't feel that way, actually. Dude, when... And, like, when you know that shooting... I'm the, the violent guy, like, I don't like watching gratuitous violence or whatever. I, I don't know. This one just didn't... How do you Obviously, see that like not looking at the candy mansion sequence? Like <laughs> how <laughs> when he blows Christoph Waltz through the bookshelf, and then also that scene is in, that 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 frame is incredible with uh, him with him crying over candy and then him flying through the background yes. is <laughs> insane. It is bananas and um but I also yeah. love that guy on the ground that keeps getting shot. Like he keeps using him as a yeah. shield from the guy on the ground, but he's like still alive. So he keeps ah! <laughs> yeah, that that's funny to me. That was what was funny to me. How they kill these dudes is always funny. When he leaves people alive way longer than they should be, and they're just <laughs> yes. suffering, like oh my god, he shot me. But like when he's when he's trying to reach for the guns, and they're all shooting at him through the doorway. And it's just like you hear in slow motion, like it sounds like a bomb being dropped, and with the bullet, like, like I can't even whistle, like Woo. oh yeah, 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 that's good. Boom, like, but then the blood's going, like you're just like, <laughs> ugh. Oh. I don't know. I felt I felt more uncomfortable watching uh, watching Kill Bill than watching this movie. Mm, like, fair from a violence standpoint. Actually, wow. Kill Bill, the 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 Ronin scene or whatever may be the 
the most yeah, violent. She's, she's yeah, like the crazy off. 88. Crazy 88, yeah. <laughs> that may yeah. actually be the most violent. Um, that one, I was like, this is this is a lot. Like, it's it's cool, but this is a lot. This one, other than, like, actually, for Tarantino, I thought, like, the dog scene, it wasn't as bad as it obviously could have been. Like, you mentioned, he cut a lot of that out. Like, it obviously could have been much worse. I was, like, expecting it to be just... Thank God somebody got in his ear yeah. about that. Like, they're like, Quentin, <laughs> like... Uh, it was awful, like awful to watch. Because he knew it was up to him. He would have been like, they're going to watch all of it. You know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. He blows several dudes dicks off in this movie. Yeah. At least twice. He shoots Always people funny. in the dick. Um, and then, yeah, I what I wanted to talk about with the fight scene is the way Tarantino intercuts modern music and shit into period piece movies is always fun to me like rick ross being in this yeah that you, got rick ross song. You, got, you got a tupac song you got a rick ross song yeah um the tupac song i had heard before just because it slaps and like the rock has used it as like one of their intro songs a couple of years ago like so that song has been around the rick ross song it's like i looked it's not on apple music or anything i have never heard that song in my life so i think he made it for the movie on. i guess made yeah. It for the movie yeah yeah and it's like not available on the soundtrack if you go to try and stream it on apple music or whatever but like yeah i had never heard that song in my life that shit comes on while jamie fox and christoph waltz are like riding a horse through the forest i was like what <laughs> this is fire um i just i the one big kind of plot hole to me maybe in this movie is that, okay, so they have to make friends with Candy to get his wife and they want to also purchase his wife, which is, it just like, you're, you're in the business of selling and trading people. I think if you just made an offer without Django being president, like, look, I, I I'm looking for a translator that speaks German and you have a, I've come to know that you have a German uh, slave within like within your plantation like you could have just bought her for an exorbitant amount of money. This this whole long big plot thing, and yeah, well, that's just it. Just wouldn't be a movie. But duh. But like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me that you wouldn't just be like, hey, can I buy your German speaking slave? You know what I mean? Instead of being having this whole suicide mission of yeah. we wanna we wanna purchase fighters and things like that. I, uh, you know what I mean? Like I I just now noticed that within this movie. And then he's like, oh, well, $12,000. He ends up paying $12,000 for her anyway. Anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he doesn't get the fighter, too. So it's, it's it kind of, it doesn't make any sense, actually, yeah. when you yeah. look at it through a microscope. <laughs> and that's something that I noticed, actually, because I, I was analyzing it more. You can really poke a hole in that, like, just fire. You know, it, 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 that's it, the insanely bad, insanely bad plan. That's yeah. incredible results. Well, RIP to Christoph Waltz's character. And also, himself. you you just you he turns to Django and is like, Oh, I couldn't resist. Yeah, you could have. You could have not died. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> or like you could have had more bullets, fam. Like, we gotta shoot our way out of here now. Like <laughs> yeah. yes, like I, I can use some help shooting my way out of here. Right gonna be by myself shooting my way out of here. My but favorite yeah, the, uh, go ahead. The, the plot hole for me was when Steven comes to the barn and it's like okay, we're not going to kill you. We're going to send you off and like just have these other people kill you in the mines by working you to death or whatever. I was like, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Like, no, that was, that was incredible. That was, that, was a, that was a plot device for Tarantino to put himself in the movie. The yeah. people yeah. we sent to LaQuint Dick, you got it worse than that. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a good scene, but I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Just kill this man. Like, y'all have been killing slaves for forever. Like, just just kill one more. He just shot all your homeboys. Like, what are you doing here? Uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, is the D is silent, Hillbilly. When he kills that guy, he's like, you had your hands <laughs> on my... Um, no, I just... Yeah, but when it, but I love that Tarantino also has like the side characters and these tertiary characters. Like they're not silent when they're shooting and shit. When they walk in and they're all surprised to see that he's like killed all these people, and they're like, "Son of a bitch!" Boom, 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 boom. And <laughs> like, "Son of a bitch!" Boom, 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 boom. It, it, it's have them talking like, "What the fuck is going on?" And just dying like that is always hilarious to me. Because it's it's just like not a normal thing that you see. And like if this was like a normal movie, they come like, oh, and they, they keep shooting. But them being surprised that they're dying is very funny to me. Every what's single the time. Name, what's the name of the actor who was from The Shield who played the guy? Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins is great. And he's like the perfect white bad guy. Face. Yeah, that's the like, perfect. It's, it's he Shane. He always plays the white bad guy. It's just Shane. And I'm like, yes, put Shane in everything. Like He's great. Yeah, Walton Goggins is, uh, he's also in Justified, too, if you haven't seen it. He kind of plays the same character. But, uh, yeah, Walton Goggins is a really underrated actor. Um, what a badass. That guy's great. see. Anything else that, I, that I've missed? I think I talked about the plot hole. Of course, Leo pointing meme to the movie trivia of he smashed his hand and just kept acting, and he Rubbing kept rolling. Carrie Washington's face. <laughs> they must have never cut from that scene because, you know, of course, they have to go back and they intercut coverage of different actors with what happened. But they yep. that's a long scene of him because they have really to bring long. in Kerry Washington and he just keeps acting. I want to smash my hand. I'm not step. No, nah, I'm not staying in character. Sorry. Well, he's Michael Jordan. Hey, I, mean, I need Michael- I need stitches, please. Thanks. Michael Jordan hurts. gets the flu and he, he plays the playoff game anyway. It's just, it's, some people are just built differently, bro. Leo's just different than us. Which Leo is that I- guy. I hate that he won his Oscar for The Remnant because I think that movie because that movie movies. stinks. Yeah, um, yeah there's like so it. many performances like this one that he should have won something for because I will never ever watch The Remnant ever again. Me neither. Not even for one too. second. I still haven't That's seen it, but it's one of those things like I don't care. He got it. He just had to get it. I'm glad we got that done. <laughs> I'm glad that he, he got it. He deserved it that, that year too, but. I wish that he had got it for something that I enjoyed because I love Leo. He's one of my favorites. But he's given us so much good shit that, you know, I got plenty of stuff to go watch so he can go win his Oscar by being inside of a bear. I'm just not that interested in seeing a guy inside of a bear. Uh, so now we don't have to do the J. Edgar Hoover biopic. We don't have to. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> we don't have to do these shitty projects anymore. Try to chase an Oscar. We got yep. it. We're good. Although do whatever he does you play want. Amazing racist. So we might as well have him play J. Edgar Hoover anyway. <laughs> We might as well just do it. That wasn't that movie more about how he was a closeted gay man. Oh no, we don't want to see this film. Then no, no, no. It was no, so ass. You. It was so bad. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who he sleeps with. I care about the, the rampant racism and the destruction of. I could be humans. wrong about that. Don't sue me. Or I think it was I more about. Saw it. I think it was more about him being uh, a crossdresser. Was there are like seven people in the world who could check you on that? And I don't think they listen to this. Podcast. Yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Um. Oh, another thing too. Leo's teeth are disgusting in this. Most of them are in this movie. Oh my god! Yes. Disgusting uh, teeth. Let's see. Uh, let's. See. One of the funniest lines in this is like, 
his name's uh monsieur uh monsieur candy he's like oh and he starts to speak french he's like don't speak french don't speak <laughs> french you're embarrassing <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, a great line that i never noticed <laughs> it yeah, just shows you that he's an idiot yeah <laughs> or when christoph waltz will use some big words and then he'll be like oh yeah of course like what does that mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's uh that's pretty much django unchained and we are gonna talk about uh best what if castings and because we've talked ad nauseum about uh about the best what if casting in this will smith has django um oh one more thing that i wanted to mention uh there the django was a old 1970s western and i think tv show too western movie and it comes up under this movie that actor is in this movie he's the other uh guy fighting in the parlor he's the other slave owner fighting in the parlor that comes oh, up to wow. him oh says, okay he says the d is the first time he says the d is silent that's that guy yeah, he said, so, I know. He says, I know. Yeah, he that. says, I know. Oh, that's yeah. the joke. I never knew okay. that joke. He is, the old a- he is the old actor that plays Django in that's the old I know, such a fucking nerd. Oh. Because I knew, I because it, it, it'll come on like these old Western, like AMC or, or Turner Classic Movies or something like that. It'll be like Django. And I think it was a TV series too. I could be wrong about that. Somebody's screaming at me right now. But there is a Django movie that was semi-popular back in the 70s. And that's that guy. I anyway. get that joke now. I did not get that joke before. Yeah. And that Tarantino, fuck you, nerd. Like he, <laughs> the, fact, you know, the fact that he the fact that he did that. Anyway, we're gonna do best almost castings draft right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. No, we're not. Give me a give me a draft order, somebody, please. Uh, we'll go Marcus first, tease Royden Dex. Let's not forget to have Ask Marcus's movie hot take. You probably gave us one last time he was on, but we have a guy for another one. At the end. I'll have to think about it. Sorry, all, mine, about it. all mine are, are near and dear performances to my heart or my favorite movies. Uh, I was looking at it today and I'm a little shocked. It's, it, it's always funny when you like see the, the things, that, the dominoes that happen to set up something else mm-hmm. because someone didn't do something else. But my first pick that I saw was that apparently at one point Al Pacino got the role of Han Solo. Wild. I didn't what? know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I was just like, how? Wait, <laughs> that, that works. Oh, man. I don't know. Because Harrison Ford is one of my guys. So it's like yeah, to see... Same. To see Al Pacino, but I also think, because I, 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 I thought about this before, like, it, it's at the end of the 70s, like, he's still relatively young that he could do it. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking more like 80s Pacino, where it's like, iffy. They're surprisingly not that much younger than each other, but are older or younger than each other. Pacino just looks so old. Yeah, Pacino yeah. looks like a cigarette, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't want to hear Han Solo say, every time I get a cigarette. <laughs> They made me right back in. <laughs> right back in. I'm just trying hey, to think kid, about... Hey, kid, I made the Kessel run. Ooh-ah! Like, it's just like... I'm trying to think about how different, like, life is if Harrison Ford is not... He's still Han Solo. He's like, a carpenter named Harrison. Yeah, that's, that's what it. That's what it is. He's 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 in he's a Californian smoking weed and probably not crashing planes. That's probably what it, not crashing planes. Harrison Ford is like. I've given this take before. Harrison Ford is the most white famous actor of all time. 
like famous specifically for white people because you'll talk to black people about Harrison Ford movies and they're just like, eh, whatever. I just like how I different is Hollywood I'm landscape? You, I'm with you, Marcus. Harrison Ford. It's wild because he he is one of the most famous superstar like Hollywood actors yeah. of all time. Yeah, he's yeah. massive. He's a leading man forever. For decades, 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 and the sliding doors moment of it of Pacino talking to like C three PO and Chewbacca is like that's it. I can't even imagine Robert. I can't imagine Pacino talking to uh, animals and robots. I just literally can't imagine. (laughs) May the force be with you, Luke. (laughs) I keep doing that. Maybe the Irishman never gets made, and we're all better off. They're also. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. One could only hope, actually. Um, there's also screen test footage, Marcus, of Kurt Russell as Han Solo, too. Like, he Which makes a, more sense. That, that makes, makes way more sense, sense than Pacino. Way more sense. I can see that. He almost had that role, too. Can you imagine Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell's had an incredible Hollywood career. Uh, also, a, kind of a pretty big movie star in his time. Yeah, but for like, sure. But, like, yeah, he, he, he becomes Harrison Ford. Yeah, in that like, huh? Because he okay. would have definitely gotten Indiana Jones too, and he could do Indiana Jones. Kurt Russell's yep. pretty versatile with with his action yeah. movies. All right, Al Pacino and the Fugitive. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I'm about Christ. to give y'all the most insane casting what if that we're gonna hear today. Uh, is, I, what? Wait, what's the order? I, it's me it's, next, right? Yeah. Okay. He's then writing than me. Okay. This is the most insane casting what if I've ever seen. And so I'm going to pick it first because I, this movie, this would ruin the film, but I need to see it anyway. I should have wished we could see it. Uh, for the Terminator, apparently one of the execs wanted to cast OJ Simpson to play the right. Terminator. Yes, yeah, I right. saw that shit. I'm in. Bananas. I'm fucking in. Oh, in. no. I want to see it. I want to see what OJ looks like holding a gun. I've never seen that. Well, I, except for in the Naked Gun movies. I want to see OJ shooting people. I want to see OJ killing people. I want to see exactly how he's going to play a killer robot from the future that's here to save a little white kid. Sign me up. Put OJ in the Terminator. I need the remastered version. I want the Terminator. I want OJ fighting with T-1000 immediately. I want it now. Give it to me. Current OJ Simpson versus T-1000. I need to see it today. I need it. Sign me the fuck up. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's a, that's a well-known that one, I thought. I didn't know that. I, was I didn't insane. know that that's until insane. I was researching this today. It's, what the fuck, man? I knew OJ Simpson. Extremely... I knew OJ Simpson was like one of the most famous people like back in the day or whatever. I had no idea. Ever. He was fucking like Terminator. <laughs> like famous. They were going to let OJ play Terminator. That's insane. I had no idea. Like that's if, you we the, about if you watch the If you watch the Made in America documentary, there are people that swear he's a really good actor. Yeah. Why? See, I, in, in the Naked Gun movies, he just plays OJ Simpson. He's not acting at all. He's just there's people himself. that in that documentary, I if I remember correctly, they're like, oh, he's very good. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I had no idea that it was that we were on that level. Like that they should have made Schwarzenegger. He becomes OJ Simpson becomes the governor of California. OJ Simpson says Asa La Vista baby and becomes the governor of California and probably doesn't commit murder. It could have saved a life. That's all I'm saying. It could have saved a life. Probably uh, actually Khloe Kardashian's dad. <laughs> mm. 
not saying he should have killed him, but I understand. But I understand. <laughs> Orenthal, the bus driving murderer. The bus driving murderer. <laughs> Blow that shit up like it's the Godfather. Um, yeah, OJ would have leave a baby in a coat room. <laughs> Oh man, R.I.P. Simpson. R.I.P. to Norm Macdonald. Huge art. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Rest in if, peace. If to you Norm. haven't seen, we love you, Norm. If you haven't seen Norm Macdonald, there's a there's two compilations on YouTube of he just would not stop making OJ jokes on <laughs> on oh God, Weekend Update this. on Weekend Update on NBC, and he got fired for it. He, he, he they yeah. said stop making OJ jokes. That's why he got fired he, for it, and he just didn't. <laughs> he just was like no. And he just kept making the jokes. Anyway, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Um, God, I love Norm Macdonald. Rest in peace, Norm. My big one uh, that I that is really funny to me and is a crazy sliding doors moment for uh, everyone involved and the MCU. Tom Cruise was supposed to be Iron Man. That's such a different. He, he can't be like he. Ethan Hunt tells jokes every now and again, I guess, but he can't tell jokes like Robert Downey Jr. did. I hate that. It. it he was there's like that you can go find stuff of like i think he almost i think he was cast at one point um there may have even been screen tests of him as iron man but this is like in like 2004 that the iron man movie production history is really crazy but uh yeah it's not the same it literally is not the same weight uh also he just doesn't he's he just wouldn't die at the end of in short Robert Downey Jr. is not tall, man. Like that's fair. But can you really see Tom Cruise acting right next to Terrence Howard? For some reason, I can't see these two people. Well, I will say, I will, <laughs> I will say this: if if Tom Cruise does get that role, we have a real Iron Man suit on, uh, to this day because he's like <laughs> to this day. He's like, he's like doesn't take it off. He's no, just, <laughs> no, he's like I actually have to fly this thing, otherwise it won't make sense. He's I not in a United States military to build an Iron Man suit. <laughs> So that I can learn to fly it yeah. for this movie. So I can jump out of a plane so people think that it's real. Like, no, Tom, we don't have to actually do that. No, we do actually have to do all of this shit, Tom. Please never stop doing it. I love how he, in his movies, he's like, well, the the the, the moviegoer will know that these stunts aren't real if we just don't do them for real. And it's like, hmm, uh, you know, like... Maybe that was true when they first started making Mission Impossible movies, but now with the technology, we probably wouldn't. Yeah. But I'm grateful that Tom I'm, Cruise I'm is willing grateful. to die for us. I am very grateful. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Keep keep putting yourself in peril for our entertainment. I will keep paying for the wildest take. Wildest take that Mo ever had was was that Tom Cruise is overrated. Like, get, get out, of out of my face. This man is going face. to become an astronaut for us at some point. Like, you just got to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you. I'm surprised he wasn't on that SpaceX flight tonight. Yeah, Mission Impossible <laughs> going to the moon, and Tom Cruise will actually be on the fucking moon. Tom Cruise Find is fighting COVID for you up. right now. <laughs> I mean, Mo is ungrateful. Monique is an ungrateful person. She does not appreciate that Tom Cruise is literally putting himself in danger for us. But we have loved you on this podcast, Tom Cruise, and please keep doing it. We will keep watching Mission Impossible movies. If we're gonna see Top Gun, just keep doing it. I want Tom Cruise to come on the podcast just so we can be like, remember when you held on to a plane? That was awesome. Why do you not like living? <laughs> yeah. What is it against, like, 
you're a billionaire. Like, why do you hate this? <laughs> Monique anyway. just sent me a, Monique is watching the stream. She sent me a text message and said, fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for watching, Monique, but you're wrong God and bad. damn it, Monique. Stop. Leave Tom Cruise out of this. He, we love him. All right, let's, uh, Dex, what's your casting, two casting what-ifs, best casting what-ifs? So I got to go with one that's just near and dear to my heart on, on both ends of it, actually. And I got to take Beyonce in A Star Is Born. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That movie yep. is not that good if she's thing. in it. Sorry. It's way that less was... good. Soundtrack still fucking jams. Sa- soundtrack would be great. Yeah. It's way sexier of a film. Way sexier of a movie. Very sexy. Very sexy. I, do you even waste time like trying to give uh, Beyonce a fake nose to like make her ugly or some shit? Like you no, can't you even do just do that. No. You don't write no. that in this. You don't write that in the script. I feel like Bradley Cooper improvised that. But yeah, Lady Gaga's idea. Lady Gaga was just like, I gotta be uglier. Like I, I gotta, gotta be, be uglier. I'm sorry. You gotta you gotta make me into a star. You can't take my glasses off. That doesn't work anymore. I gotta have an ugly <laughs> nose. <laughs> The movie doesn't the movie doesn't work the same because all of a sudden it's like, why is she just like a waitress and a struggling? It's like it's fucking Beyonce. You know what I mean? Or like Bradley Cooper is trying to like get into hip hop. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite. Oh god. Oh god. It's the opposite movie. She's the famous one. Oh god. But, but then you gotta call Bradley Cooper ugly. Like that's Bradley anyway. Cooper like, instead of stealing Sam Elliott's voice, he's like just trying to do a Jay Z voice the entire movie. <laughs> Jackson Maine is in the building. <laughs> well, yeah, so that would, and then this movie would be ten times better if this had actually happened. Matt Damon was like attached to play the main character in Avatar. And that movie jumps up ten fucking notches. Oh, Matt right Damon about- is in a movie. Are we talking about the one about the trees, or are we talking about the the airbender? The, the big blue people. Oh, blue people. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Got it. He, yeah. there's a story, and I think he went on a talk show and talked about it. He missed out on like like two hundred million dollars because of that movie. How crazy? Because they were going to give him points at the box office, and he Jesus. didn't take it, and it made a billion dollars. It made almost three billion. dollars. Yeah. Wait, who is the lead? Is it Jake Gyllenhaal? No, no it's uh, it's Sam some... uh, Sam um, Worthington. Sam doesn't matter. <laughs> who the fuck is Sam Worthington? Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> He's in the biggest movie of all time, and everyone's like, "Who the fuck?" That's is what Matt Damon almost made a billion dollars, and he just <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, he didn't take it. Well, which, I don't blame Matt Damon. That which arguably stinks. that movie stinks. So yeah, like that movie does stink, but I feel like it gets a lot better if it's Matt Damon. But you know what doesn't Anderson. stink? One billion dollars. No, that's yes. yeah. really good. Yes. Good. Um, my next pick, God man. That, also, that character we've reviewed Avatar Go Listen early on in this podcast. We God, that movie get, sucks. Uh, oh, it sucks so bad. It, <laughs> The main character is a nothing character too. Like you, I don't think Matt Damon saves that character either because nothing happens to that character, except for he's in a wheelchair. That's it. Yeah. Except for except for he gets extremely rich. Boom. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It. Um, my next one is one that um, uh, you know, I'm not gonna. Nobody's gonna take this, but it is a, an incredible what if casting along the lines of Pacino as um, Pacino as Han Solo. Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. There is there is test screen footage of him in the fedora in the leather jacket talking to opposite the uh actress who 
plays uh Miriam. Miriam, yeah, thank you. Uh he didn't get it because because of Magnum PI. They would not let him out of filming Magnum PI. Oh wow. <laughs> Which he made a killing off of. Don't get me wrong. He was on that show for like 10 years and made millions of dollars. He's doing fine. Yeah. But like the sliding doors moment of Tom Selleck almost being one of the most known action stars or action movie roles of the last of the 20th century is crazy. Tom Selleck mustache guy. Like, come on. (laughs) All right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Teach, go ahead. All right. This is a well-known one as well. Harvey Weinstein wanted Daniel Day-Lewis to play Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. It was really pissed that Tarantino casted John Travolta instead. I love the Travolta performance. However, if you're going to tell me that Daniel Day-Lewis is going to play Vincent Vega, I just want to see what it looks like. I don't, I don't think it's better. I think it's very different. But it's I different. just want to see it. I just want to see what it looks like. I love Daniel Day-Lewis. I just want to see what it looks like. So that's my next one. Yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> the Royale with cheese thing is weird at that like. I feel like know. everything about that character is weird if Daniel Day-Lewis is playing him, but I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Sign me up for that. I'm in. Yeah, it's a completely different character in general because, like, the, the thing that is most believable about Vincent is that, like, like if, if John Travolta is a hitman, I 100% understand and could see him getting killed because he left his gun on the counter. While he's taking a shit. Down. 100% believable. Because 100% he's constipated from heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like that character has to be dumb. Yeah, I don't think that he plays him that way. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's uh, all right, Marcus. All right, another. Yeah. You took one of mine, Royden, with that one. Uh, oh, really? That's yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, another Jimmy Cameron one that I just discovered today. That apparently Matthew McConaughey was going ah, yeah. to be Jack in Titanic. Can you imagine? Which. I don't, Holy there, shit. there's so many things that don't make sense because if that's because like Leo and Kate are like the same age, but like, I'm, I'm also still thinking of like Matthew McConaughey now, like he still would have been about their age, but still feels like he was older than Kate Winslet. Well, cause he lot. played the old guy in uh dazed and confused. And so he's yeah. always kind of been that older guy. It feels like well, that movie doesn't make any sense with, with mid nineties, Matthew McConaughey. In it. <laughs> Well, the ship is uh, sinking, so we just gotta we just gotta ride the wave, as I like to say. And it's just like, <laughs> no, we're dying. It's just like he would have made her feel so good about her decision to just kill me when I could just get up on the raft with yeah. you. He would have made her feel it's okay. Hey, we're cool. Everything's cool. The scene where they're like in the bottom of the ship, like dancing and shit, entirely different. That's Matthew McConaughey. Very different. <laughs> Uh, well, I got a little weed back in my room. You want to <laughs> come? <laughs> Paint like Jay- one of my French girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just J. Uh, just J. K. Living. You know what I mean? When she's That's trying amazing. to jump off. When she's trying to jump off the back. Well, you know what I say. Just J. K. Living. Just keep living. <laughs> all right, all right. If he dropped an all right, all right, all right, when that <laughs> ship right, is sinking. All right. All right. <laughs> Going to the lower decks where the people are. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a that's a crazy what if casting. I mean, he's handsome, man. Like, but that takes, that's takes it. Takes ahead of the takes ahead of the blunt. Women and children first, guys. 
Oh man, the, the guy's stealing. Well, I just don't like your vibe, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus, second pick. All right, and my other one, which I, I also didn't know was a thing today, which again it, it ties into the Al Pacino thing. Uh, Al Pacino apparently at one point was going to play John McClane in Die Hard. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I love Al Pacino. Man. Shut this shit down. No. No, absolutely not. It's not happening. <laughs> absolutely fucking not. That that character's so much worse without so much worse. That's but like, have y'all seen the Netflix special on on Die Hard with the movies that we grew up with? No. Oh no, no. I've seen that. I, I saw the Back to the Future one, but I went to go. I mean to go watch the rest of them. I haven't done. It so if you actually watch that, the way that they envisioned the character of John McClane before makes sense without Pacino. It doesn't make sense uh, with, with how they with they switched it when they did with Bruce Willis, but like the way that they were they were they were crafting the movie to be makes more sense that he's like a what, more like that he's down. like a serpent Serpico guy or yeah. something like that. But I mean, even then, that's like that's eight. Like he's getting older. Like he's not doing yeah. any of the stuff that Bruce Willis does in that movie because he's no. older. I think the thing with like that that makes that John McClane character so iconic. I mean, it kind of, it definitely has jumped the shark now because he just became like a superhero, like yeah. a Fast and the Furious superhero after, after all this stuff. And he's like an international spy or whatever. But the the thing that made sense with the John McClane character through the first uh, three movies is that nobody knew really, like Bruce Willis was on like Moonlighters, yeah. like a yeah. rom-com, yeah. you know. He was a relative unknown. Yeah, he was a, and it, so he just comes off as this dude you know what I mean? In the first movie. Yeah, you know, you're watching, yeah, you're watching that. You're the fucking godfather. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, the god, that's literally the godfather. That's literally the godfather. <laughs> All right. Um, Is it me next? Uh, me. No, it's Steve. No, it's Steve. No, it's Steve. It's, 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 it's my third it's pick. Uh, this is easy. Everybody knows how much I love Reese Witherspoon. I want her to be, get all the jobs. I love Reese Witherspoon. Um, she almost got the lead role in Clueless. She almost played Cher. And I think that I love Clueless. I think that is a very interesting movie with Reese Witherspoon. I don't know what that accent sounds like because I feel like Reese Witherspoon is really good when she's playing somebody with a Southern accent. But I feel like that's I mean, she did legally, blonde. legally Blonde. Yeah, like I feel like that's uh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. She's doing the Valley Girl thing. But then does Legally Blonde happen? That kind of like re-energizes the second portion of her career. That's true. Does that happen if she already has that locked up with Clueless? I, I am willing to sacrifice legal. No. Maybe I'm not really to sacrifice Legally Blonde, but if there's a universe in which I could have her play both, I would. I just want to see, I just give me like a couple scenes of what Clueless would have looked like back then with that version of Reese Witherspoon. I just feel like it would be cool to watch. I don't really ever stay for the Silverstone performance. She's fine. I just think that the movie is really well written, which is why I watch the movie again and again. But I think it'd be cool to watch Reese Witherspoon, mostly because I love her and what she's become. Uh, more yeah. than I love Alicia Silverstone and whatever the hell she's doing these days. Uh, yeah, what you, is she doing these days? Anyone? Know? <laughs> I think she's still acting. You stay for the uh, Paul Rudd plot line through that movie, right? No, not the not the incest plot line. No, that's not exactly why mm. I stay for the scope. <laughs> I mean, Reese Witherspoon did do a movie about like about an incest plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It was like popping off in the '90s, man. It's People in the like, wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> the. I, there's a there is a universe where Reese Witherspoon gets stuck doing that thing. The if she maybe she does both, you know what I mean. But yeah, you're right, Marcus. That did uh, 
the rewatchables did a did a podcast on um legally blonde it is really interesting that it did it rejuvenated the second half of her career where people were like like oh okay she's doing something different than this kind of you know serious roles that she was doing earlier on in in her career and then that allows her to have the capital to go and do uh walk the line but uh my next casting is one that the sliding doors moment here for everyone involved uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was almost Dirk Diggler in uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Yep. And so... Sign me up. Sign me up. Anytime we can have less... Uh, what's his face? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah so like... Mark Wahlberg. Like, Mark yeah, Wahlberg isn't in the best role of his career. And then just subsequently just, I don't know, gets any other huge roles after that. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson... Like, Mark Wahlberg should thank his billions of dollars to Paul Thomas Anderson for casting him yes. in that movie because yes. I don't, you know, what, what was he in before? Like basketball diaries or something like that? Like P- PTA could have saved us from decades of horrible, 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 horrible Wahlberg movies, but fear is great. And that's the one movie I would never take from Mark Wahlberg. Fear is incredible. He, he's I mean, so good in that movie. He gave us instant family. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, After this, this is <laughs> He's not in Instant Family. Sliding Doors moment. No Instant Family if there's no Dirk Diggler. You're going to see the January 6th hero story featuring Mark Wahlberg, and you're going to regret that you've ever do, gave this guy any money because he's going to make it, and it's going to happen, and he's just going to play who every white hero. <laughs> yeah, the, the Oklahoma congressman that went to Mark Wayne, whatever That's going to be Mark, Mark Wayne Mullen. Mark Wayne Mullen is going to be Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is they're gonna whitewash the the Capitol policeman, the black Capitol policeman that was uh, the they're gonna face, man. He's gonna be that guy. Fucking hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no, I it I he made two movies in a row within a time period. He made the Boston bombing movie that came yep. out when I was in college, and then and he, then 9-11 movie. He made no, he made the Boston bombing movie, which came out which happened in 2013. The movie came out in 2016. So they're like, <laughs> write the script, get it on my desk. And then he made the Deepwater Horizon movie, which happened in 2012. That movie came out in 2016 too. He's just like, get these scripts on my desk. I don't give a fuck. Like, I need it. He made them back to back. Back Did to back. Did anyone even go see those movies? Like, are these movies popular? They're actually yeah. both They're actually both decent movies, but uh, it feels weird to watch them. Because, like, he made that, like, the Mile 22 movie Nobody went yep. and fucking saw that shit. <laughs> uh, I still the, haven't watched that movie. I was the only person in the theater when I went and saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you were it's the only good. person in the theater. I was the only one in there. It's like, that's what I was going to the movie literally every week, like sometimes multiple times a week. So I would just see literally any fucking thing. And I saw that movie. I was the only person. <laughs> All right. Um, Dex, two picks. Yeah. Uh, Shit, I only had one ready to go. I have another Leo one. He was almost in American Psycho. <laughs> oh, right. That movie's way yeah. different. That's a super I, different movie, but I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch that. Yeah, I might like it a little better. I don't know. It's like an entirely different movie, I think, because the rumor is that like the director really didn't want him to be in it. And like, so it was like a whole like thing. 
and she was gonna like leave or something. I don't remember what the whole fucking story was, but I would definitely watch Leonardo DiCaprio like as fucking early two thousands. Leo would have fit in that like a glove, though. I will say it's a different movie, but he would have fit in it like a glove. He would have yeah, been great. Also, you saw how fucking John- scary he can be. Johnny Depp was another person that was also attached to that film at one point. That is a worse movie if it's Johnny Depp. I will say that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Second pick. And then fourth pick, rather. Tom Cruise playing the lead role in Footloose instead of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun uh, for me. That would have been fun. Sure. I can I could see it back when in the 80s, 80s Tom Cruise. 80s Tom yeah. Cruise was doing all kinds of shit. And it's not I like you watch Kevin Bacon though. It's not like you watch Footloose because Kevin Bacon is good. He's just like good looking he's just, and he's just it's Kevin the Bacon. movie. Yeah. So like Tom Cruise could have done that. Just show up and be <laughs> Tom Cruise. Dance. Uh, yeah. It would have been an interesting sliding doors moment of that career. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, my next pick is one that's talked about. My final pick is one that's talked about all the time. Uh, huge rest in peace to Sean Connery. Um, he was supposed to be Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I did see that would have been so instead, fun. I love and, Sean Connery. Instead of Ian, it's a worse movie. Instead of Ian it McCallum, is, it is. It is. Um, but the big thing is they're talking about Matt Damon missing out on a payday. They wanted to pay him. There's numbers for it. Hold on, let me see if I can't find the numbers. But they wanted to pay him so much money up front plus points on the film okay so the producers of the fantasy series were so desperate to get connery on board that they offered him upwards of 30 million plus 15 percent of the box office takings jesus and he said jesus. no he said well, no he hadn't acted in but how you know, long between but you know what he said he said yes to league of extraordinary league gentlemen. of extraordinary gentlemen get the- a movie that tanked and was bad so Instead of doing Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, three of the greatest movies of the 21st century, Man. He, he he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and then never acted again. Damn it, Sean Connery. And also, he would have... It, uh, get a miss, buddy. Not that Sean Connery needs the money, but he would have. that would have been hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. I, somebody had to be very happy that he didn't take it so that they could split all that money amongst themselves studio won that yeah studio won that one there new, line, very new line i think did those movies but yeah there are very few things that i'm unwilling to do for 15 percent of the box office gross in lord of the rings <laughs> that, Facts. I, that list is very very short oh this was 2001 I'll, okay i'll yeah. clean the set I'll, I'll flush the toilets whatever you need me to do for 15 percent of the gross of that i'll do whatever you need Whatever you need. I'll go live in that small house that you built for the Hobbits. I'll go live in that. I won't leave the set. Even between the three films, I'll just live on the set. It's okay, guys. I got it. I'll just live here. I'll clean it. I'll live in Mordor for for, for seven years. (laughs) I'll live in the volcano. If you (laughs) just drop off a portable AC unit, I'll be good. (laughs) Uh, All right. Final pick, Teach. This one makes me sad. Um, Robin Williams wanted to play Hagrid extremely badly, uh, so much so that he reached out to the studio and reached out to J.K. Rowling personally. But J.K. Rowling was insistent that all the actors be British, so uh, Robin Williams did not get the job. But Robin Wizard in a great British action, he would have been an amazing Hagrid. The guy uh, that played Hagrid, great job, but Robin Williams should have been Hagrid 
It would have been better film, even though this film's already amazing. I love Robin Williams. Rest in peace to the legend Robin Williams. They should have let him play Hagrid. Robin Williams is one of the like I think his death affected me more than any like celebrity death of like ever. And I I love that guy and everything that he's done. He's probably my favorite actor. But like he next to like I don't know maybe Tom Hanks, but like he would have ruined that. It's unruinable. It's unruinable. He would have ruined it. He would have been been too much Robin Williams. The reason that he works is like the genie in Aladdin is because that character calls for it. If he's like supposed to be this big reserve, sweet giant, and he's doing the Robin Williams, the whole, like he's doing that. Like, you're just kind of like, okay. Robin would have been incredible. It's a lot. It's a lot. I I have to admit it's a lot. Like, I I don't think I would have enjoyed it. He would have been incredible. The reason I'm with you on this one, Teach. Thank you. But y'all don't like Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I would have loved to see. I don't want to hear from Dex on this because he doesn't like Harry Potter regardless. So I think this is Harry Potter's great. Harry Potter's great. Sorry. I don't think I just don't get what he's saying. I don't think justice for for Robin millionaire many times over Robin Williams (laughs) TJ's fighting for Robin Williams and Will Smith these two people have been so impressed in Hollywood man they've never gotten their opportunities keep cashing those checks Robin (laughs) oh my god all right Marcus final pick and I got some good uh I got some good honorable mentions but go ahead please do yeah. not mention mel gibson in the in gladiator because it's my least favorite casting what if of all time fuck mel gibson yeah i, I that saw guy. that too get that out of here fuck mel gibson he would have ruined that film he would have ruined it well i saw that you mckellen was was uh up to be dumbledore speaking of harry potter that would have made sense though that which i would have liked to and you know we would have not had to worry about him dying after the first movie right yeah <laughs> Wait, did, what Is was that your he? Pick? Was first he being, two movies he made. Yeah, he was. I think he was being considered to replace the guy that died, wasn't he? Or, or no? Maybe I read that wrong. Let me see. I think he was being considered to replace the guy, but then he didn't take it because the the guy who played the original Dumbledore apparently had a beef with Ian McKellen, and so he was like, "I can't take this job, knowing this guy hated me or whatever the hell the issue was." was. Shit, I could. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I say you tripping, bro. R.I.P. Both. You you on the ground and I'm not, brother. <laughs> we ain't gotta honor your last wishes, bitch. Emma <laughs> McKellen, no, notoriously awesome person, apparently, <laughs> too. Like, so it makes sense. But like, yeah, that's. that's but those films was, made a billion dollars each. Like, I would have been like, nope. Like, you better so pay after, me. You better pay me what you're paying those kids because they all got rich out of that too. <laughs> After Richard Harris passed away, the second in- uh, after the second entry, uh, producers had actor Ian McKellen in mind as his replacement, which makes sense because again he played uh, what's his face from Lord of the Rings, so it's like perfect casting. But McKellen turned the role down as Harris had once remarked that McKellen was technically brilliant but passionless, and McKellen <laughs> <What>? said, <laughs> I'll, "I'll show you passion, bitch. <laughs> Watch me make this role mine." He's probably McKellen- talking about McKellen in. Uh- it, as Magneto in the first X-Men movie, which, I mean, <laughs> come on now. He's, We're grading on a curve here. McKellen said, I couldn't take over the part from an actor who I'd known didn't approve of me, and he didn't take the job. That's I a lot have. of money that you turned down. I'd have been petty as fuck. 
I would have yeah. been like, yeah, I'm going to show you passion, bitch. I'm gonna, I got five more of these fucking pills. I'm about to take this money to the bank. I'm just, All these kids about to have some fucking passion about my fucking character. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> the difference between Dumbledore in the first two movies and the the last five, mo- six movies of that is staggering because you can tell that the first guy is old and yeah. the, yes. the next guy is older, but he, I forget who plays him in the, uh, Richard Harris. Is it Richard Harris? Richard Harris is the first one. No, Richard Harris is the first one. Um, but yeah, he, uh, the next guy's like having battles and like running up and down and stuff that there's no way they could have kept him as the same as the same, uh, Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Thank you. It, also, Dumbledore just becomes an asshole. Like <laughs> the first two. Yeah, the first. <laughs> He's just a yeah. dick to children. <laughs> All right. Sorry, we gotten off the rails, but that's a crazy thing. I would have definitely taken that role. Fuck, nah, no thanks. You, why, do you, why do you care? You're dead. <laughs> yeah, what you gonna do? Uh, Marcus, final pick. Ah. Uh, oh, was that not your pick? I thought Wait, that, that was that, that was, that was my pick. Oh, that, that was your pick. Okay. Oh, was it? Okay. Yep. Sorry. All right. That, uh, so yeah, Dumbledore, my, uh, these ones are nuts to me. The one, one that's always funny to me is that when the, the person that wrote Twilight wrote the book, they had Henry Cavill in mind as Edward for, uh, for that. And, but then they just like never called him to audition for the role. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. What a weird moment. Like, (laughs) That wouldn't have worked at all. Like, we just don't have Robert Pattinson. Like, that. <laughs> it's not like Twilight just worked so incredibly well or whatever, but like, it's even worse with Henry Cavill. <laughs> it's it's different. I think, I mean, I think Henry Cavill's like a decent actor, but like. To play like. A to play that. Yeah. That's in high school. <laughs> like, Robert Pattinson already looks out of old, but like, I can't imagine Henry, like. I can't imagine Henry Cavill playing a high schooler. Like, what did Henry Cavill even look like in high school? This one's weird to me. <laughs> this just this seems like a miss. If this would have happened, John Travolta, Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's I a, saw that. That's, what? That's an insanely bad. That's a very different, very bad movie. John Travolta does not dabble in subtlety, but that does not work. Yeah, that that is almost offensive, actually. Which the character kind of now is offensive anyway, but like. With John Travolta, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been like Simple Joe or whatever from yeah. the, uh, from Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he would have been like Simple Jack. These people, Jack. are you making fun of people with these kind of ailments? Because what's going on with this performance? Like that would have been a complete shit show. Forrest Gump becomes one of the worst movies of all time. John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's absolutely facts. That's yeah, facts. I, yes. Like it doesn't just get worse; it becomes one of the worst. It becomes all time. time bad. It becomes all time bad that fast. This is a wild one. George Clooney almost played Noah from The Notebook instead of Ryan Gosling. The age difference. Yeah, the age difference there. What's crazy? He's all this shit. So who plays the the girl in The Notebook? (laughs) (laughs) It's still it's still what's her face? It's still uh, (laughs) it's still what it's still uh, Regina George. It's still Regina George. That'd be so weird. Ew. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, well, this says Jessica Simpson almost got a role in the notebook. Yeah, no, she was you. almost the Rachel McAdams character I saw. That's a very I'm different movie. It. No, I'm not with it at all. I Tom- saw <laughs> Julia Roberts was almost uh, the Meg Ryan character in Sleepless in Seattle. I, I'm fine I with that. 
I could see that. I'm fine I saw with that. that uh, Anne Hathaway but, was almost million dollar baby. Also fine with that. that. Uh, I also saw Sandra Bullock was up for that too. No, we don't need to put Sandra Bullock in anything. This says Tom Cruise turned down the role of Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good. Oh, I could see that actually. Holy shit, that would have been cool. I'm glad that he turned it down, but that would have been cool. I can see that. He's not nearly as cool as Brad Pitt, so you get something different, but he's like a more iconic actor than Brad Pitt just because he's older. I kind of see, I kind of, I kind of saw, but I think like Tom Cruise would have ruined the jokes. The jokes would have been weird. Oh my God. Thank God this doesn't happen. Charlie Sheen said he did not take the white men can't jump role and it went to. Oh, thank God. Uh, thank fucking God. Yeah. God. Woody Harrelson. Um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, Tom, oh. Uh, Charlie Sheen can't hoop at all. There's no way. <laughs> no way. No way in hell. John Krasinski was almost Captain America. He he auditioned for Steve Rogers. Which one would see that? Been good I wouldn't have hated that. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't have hated that. Yeah. That was before he got swole, though. So we we he didn't have to really hit the gym before he eventually did. Because now he's yeah. kind of fit, but he wasn't at the time. They they would have gotten on those good steroids that Marvel be you know pumping out speed <laughs> dishing out. <laughs> Those good steroids. They got the good steroids, man. Have you seen <laughs> Camille Nanjiani's chin? Like, good <laughs> lord. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this one is not good. Justin Timberlake almost played Elton John in Rocket Man instead of uh, 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 Taron Egerton. Edgerton? Taron, Taron Egerton, yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, thank you. Oh, also the one that like this was cast like they were almost about to start filming. Miles Teller and Emma Watson were supposed to be Sebastian and Mia in La La Land. That's a very different movie, but I don't hate it. Wait, Dex Miles Will. Teller and who? Uh, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Emma Watson. I really liked. I thought Emma Watson was going to be much bigger than she ended up being. I really like Emma Watson. I don't think Did she Emma really. Watson sing. She did in Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen it. I mean, Emma Stone doesn't technically sing, but they made her. Yeah, I know. That's true. I'm like, That's true. I think that movie is a little better if you get people who can sing better. I saw that. I don't that know if Emma Watson can sing. Matt Damon was going to be Harvey Dent instead of Aaron Eckert, who, I is, who was in the same vein for me because, like, I, I thought after seeing Thank You for Smoking that Aaron Eckert was like, the trajectory was just going to go through the roof. I bought all the stock. There's I a all yeah. the merchandise, and then it just never. It just never <laughs> you you all bought stocks, you, you bought GameStop. You bought stonks. You bought GameStop yeah. after the bubble. <laughs> I'm still waiting, man. I got my receipts. I am waiting for that Aaron Eckhart stock to come through. Why is he not more famous? I don't know. I, I think He's it's good. a personal thing. He's, He's really good. good. Uh, mm. It's because like that could be so many different people. Like <laughs> fair. He's just so regular looking. Yo, this one's crazy. Instead of Leonardo and uh, DiCaprio and Pitt were almost the, the lead roles in Brokeback Mountain. Whoa, uh, that's a very different movie. Woo! Wait, who played who played those leads in, in the movie? Uh, Joan Hall and uh, Ledger. Oh, I forgot Ledger's in it. Like, huh. the, the, he, Ledger isn't the Joker without Brokeback Mountain, but yeah, which is a true, weird thing to say, true. but like it is, true. it's true. But like that's his criminal order. Is he saying that's his villain origin story? Broken <laughs> story of the no, it, it made people think that he oh Ledger's a serious actor instead of this rom com guy. Yeah. Um, and so he gets that role. But like 
making so many people would have had like so many so much gay panic if it's Pitt and Leo in the early 2000s and in, in Brokeback Mountain, which it's still like it's Jill and Hall and in, in, in Ledger. Yeah. But like, but that ain't good Lord. Same. Good Lord. <laughs> so I, I just saw hoping. this Robin Williams. This is close to me, TJ. Robin Williams is apparently going to be Jack Torrance in The Shining. Ooh. Oh, holy shit. Again, Justice for Robin Williams, he would have been great. Even though Nicholson is a... Kubrick, Kubrick said that William was too psychotic for the part. What? Oh, what? Uh, what? Nicholson is literally, like, that's the pre... Like, that's what people base a lot of character psychopaths off of. And Robin Williams went to a 10 above that? That's insane. I need to see that. <laughs> you know that's... You know it's bad when Stanley Kubrick is, like... Hey, no, thank you. You're going, you're Real too scared, brother. Like you're, really? you're, you're, you're actually too psychotic. I don't. Uh, you're you're scaring me. You're scaring me. I wrote this. You're scaring me. Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe almost played Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, no? no. Okay. No. No. You want to elaborate? No. What? No. No. Just, I just don't no. see it. Fuck that. Tom Hanks is Jerry Maguire. I'm seeing. I could have seen that. He's not nearly as cool as, as Tom Cruise, but he, he could have brought the emotional stuff home, maybe even better. Oh, oh, here's the one. Speaking of Jamie Foxx, and then we'll wrap this up. Jamie Foxx auditioned. He tells a story about it on a, on a, a late night talk show, but he he auditioned for uh, for the Cuba Gooding role in, in that movie. I could see that. I'd be fine with that. Well, yeah, I think he oh, was Jerry really... Jamie Maguire. Jamie Maguire. And he said, uh, he said the way that he read the script, you can go find it. I think he was on the Graham Norton show, which he tells some great stories on that anyway. But he said he went to audition for it. And Tom Cruise is this huge star and he's this comedian. And he goes in there and he's like, <laughs> he said, he said, I'm going in there going like, show me the money. You know what I mean? And he just, that's the way he was like reading this stuff. And then he said that Tom Cruise was like, didn't have to really audition. So he was just kind of like whisper talking his lines and so he missed his cue. And so he like, he's like, oh shit. And he like freaked out and didn't get the role and it went to Cuba Gooding Jr. But that's an interesting uh, sliding doors moment. Especially well, yeah, well, sliding doors is that he then does uh, Collateral, which is Sunday. Any given Sunday, yeah. Yep. And then they join up again for Collateral. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I need Tom Cruise in more <laughs> villain roles. He's done like one in Collateral and it's incredible. Tom Cruise There's going to be one, one of those Mission Impossibles. He's going to be playing a villain. It's going to happen. I don't know how the hell they're going to write it. I'm in. Sign me up. We're going to the moon. Tom Cruise will be a villain. Sign me up. I cannot get over Al Pacino as, as Han Solo. I also saw that apparently Jack Nicholson was going to be... Uh, Corleone? Uh, yeah. I want to see that be Michael. Very, very different film, but I'm in. I'd watch it. Oh, Okay. This is the one that it's like the biggest one that I think in Hollywood. Uh, Will Smith as Neo too. Yeah, I was going to say we, to, we, didn't, talk about that. we didn't draft because I think we talked about Will Smith yeah, at, because, at Keanu, because Keanu is perfect. That's why. Uh, Will Smith is Neo. He turned that down. We also talked about that at the beginning to do Wild Wild West. Wild yep. Wild West. Wild Wild West is a movie because the producer of that movie got. They the, uh, a Superman movie starring Nick Cage got canned. Yep, yep. There is test footage 
look it up it's called the death of superman uh lives it's a it's a, a crazy um who did clerks uh kevin uh, smith kevin smith kevin smith was brought on to write the movie he talks about it you can find it about how the guy that produced the movie wanted spiders and giant like aliens and stuff in the movie and then he said the movie died there's footage of nick cage in a yeah, Superman he's in suit. the suit it's he looks crazy insane. looking he looks insane it's in weird suit. it's wild and you can find it on youtube but he says he wanted big spiders he had superman to fight a big spider what's in wild wild west a huge fighter in that movie spider somewhere Anyway, it's a wild story. Look it up. Kevin Smith, The Death of Superman Lives. It's a, it's a crazy little bit. And you can find Nick Cage in a Superman suit with long hair. It's weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that has been... Oh, finally, what is your... I don't know if we got it last time. Do you have a one take, a one hot movie, TV show, actor, actress, director, producer, writer take that you would like to tell us? Well, the, the last time I was on, the last time I was on, my take was about um, shit. TJ, what was it? No, it's uh, we've had so uh, many crazy ones that almost got us shut down. The not Are you a real street hater. Oh, that's right, Mad Max. That's oh yeah, Max. that's right, Mad Max. You didn't he, like Mad, Mad, Mad Max. Max. I don't think I have one that tops that one. Did you say that, that on the podcast the last time that you didn't like yeah, that? Yeah, we yeah, talked about that. that. TJ, TJ cued me up to make sure that I was the one that said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the Mad Max cars are for sale. Yeah, I saw that. How much are those going for? Do you know? I'm, I need to buy one. I need one. I think it was like $100,000 or something crazy like that. But like, never mind. They, they are. No. <laughs> Sell the Tesla. No, no. So Furiosa t- with Anya yeah. Taylor Joy is being pushed back to like 2024 or something stupid. Like, as far as I'm concerned, no new movies are ever coming out. Like, not happening. Wait, what got pushed MCU. back? Furiosa. 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 Oh, yep. the Furiosa prequel. I'm good. I'm good. Of course. Uh, uh, it's Anya Taylor Joy, and I gotta be in at this point until she yep, like, gives me reason not to be until in. Until she gives me reason not to be in, I'm in. I'm like you bought Aaron Eckhart stock. Uh, we have all bought. Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, yeah. I I really enjoy her too. I just don't want to see that movie. After she made chess sexy, oh, I was like, you know what? I mean, gotta, if you can I make gotta be if, if you can make chess interesting, I, I just gotta follow you just to make sure you're not something special. So I just gotta see. I just gotta see. She feels like an industry plant, but like I'm in. I'm in. Come in. All we'll right. see what happens with the Edgar Wright horror movie that she's doing. No clue how that's gonna go. We'll see. But I'm in. Something different. Yeah. All right. That has been a one take pod. Uh, Marcus, where can they find you on, on Twitter, social, all over the place? It is Marcus J. Brent is my tag. Um, it is football season. So there is a lot of fantasy football and yeah. various. I'm wearing my Longhorn stuff today because Casey Thompson is the truth. And uh, <laughs> my son, not, Casey, the savior. We're Just not like going to talk Card about what happened on Saturday. We are on to Cincinnati. And... Uh, <laughs> And and there's see, a drive the in the deep season. left field by Castellanos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Marcus J. Brent. Yes, sir. All right. And you can find us at One Take Pod. That's the number one take pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the like. 
Uh, I'm going to try to post more on TikTok. You can go find our Marvel tier rankings that we did last episode. And people had opinions about uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. But so, yeah, go follow us at the One Take Pod. Download, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We would really, really, really appreciate it. But if you listen to us on Spotify, go ahead. Or all the other podcast platforms, because we are global like that. You can find us on all those pop podcast platforms. Just uh, hit the follow button on Spotify, if you will. It really helps us out, and you get all the new episodes really quickly. Or go follow us on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, Apollo HOU on Twitch, but we have our own YouTube account, One Take Podcast on YouTube. You can uh, see all the episodes live and uncut as they air. Not that I make any other cuts to these <laughs> at all, but yeah, you can find them as they air on uh, online on YouTube, One Take Podcast. Dex, what are we doing? We're always hashtag support Florence Pugh. She's got a new movie coming out. I've already forgotten what it's called. It Don't matter. worry, darling. It looks like a fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, that one. She's got a Netflix movie coming out after that. Whenever there's more Florence you content, you know we're bringing it to you because we are the prime investors in Florence Pugh stock. This shit is going to the moon. We're winning Absolutely that Oscar. Right. Absolutely right. Two years or less, it's coming. So, so where does where is Anya in contrast to the Florence Pugh? We ranking? did this. Uh, you did. We she, did yeah, this we thing. Did. <laughs> we she did this thing. Have her, she doesn't have her own hashtag on this podcast yet, but we're just we're just uh, prospecting her right now. But we are okay. all in. Uh, we are all in on the Florence Pugh stock. We are heavily invested. We've sold the we've sold the farm to be invested in. Florence. And Jody Carmier and uh, uh, Zendaya. Facts. Zendaya. Yeah, we're all in on those four. Facts. But this is, a, this, is a, this is a Florence Pugh podcast. Okay. Yeah, Florence Pugh leads our podcast. Florence Pugh is our Uber. Like, we are venture capitalists <laughs> who are riding that in one investment all the way to, like, invest in these other eventual unicorn companies. She's going to be a guest star on this podcast one day, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Also, you can find us all at Apollo HOU. You can go to Apollo HOU slash store. You can use the promo code one take podcast, one take pod on uh, that's O N E T A K E P O D for 10% off any purchases at Apollo HOU.com, including our own branded merch. Please go buy those. That would help us out a lot. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. And we're out. <laughs>